listening to the Bloody Bits Horror Show with your host, Eddie Diaz. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome to the Bloody Bits Horror Show. I am your host, Eddie, the Axe Jefferson, and you're with us on week two of Bowl Vember. That's right, if you're listening to this, the most recent episode uh, dropped where we went through a house full of the dead, and now we're going to be alone in the dark, but not that alone, actually, because we have probably the fullest of houses this podcast has ever had. First of all, I'd like to introduce our now full-time co-host, Tim Yobo. Tim, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing very good, and I'm glad to be here. Wow, what an honor to be your co-host. Yeah, well, I had to call in for fucking backup, man, because of Bullvember. But we're not alone in the dark, are we, Tim? Uh, No, we have flashlights, and we have the boys with us. Yes. We've got the boys, ladies and gentlemen, the McCollum brothers, Shane and Terry. What's up, guys? Two guys guys you do not want to be in a lights-out party with. (laughs) <laughs> we're glad we're glad not gonna elaborate on that wait you didn't bring flashlights hmm? i got some glow sticks for the rave because oh, i know you... how much we all have, how much fun we all had with this oh you said flashlight i thought you yeah said that sounds sort of similar to that uh, well if you're Ooh. gonna bring flashlights you better bring enough for everybody I, it's his christian slater version too it's a christian uh. ver- a christian slater version of flashlights yes oh jesus okay. christ it's just got yet? greased back hair squinty <laughs> eyes yeah <laughs> low cut t shirts and a full fucking coat. Yeah, if you're that the cold, lips are oh, that really coat. loose and Ooh. awkward. If you're that cold, motherfucker, you gotta wear a coat, put a full t shirt on at least. Yeah, <laughs> good point. And we're here to discuss Uva Bowl's, I guess, sophomore endeavor in American film that's based on video games, kind of. Alone in the Dark, a 2005 sci fi horror movie based on the 1992 survival horror game by. Infogrames, that's Grames, not Games, uh, considered to kind of be the direct spiritual uh, influence for the Resident Evil series, I would say. Now, that's correct. Tim, I know you don't play video games, but... What? what? <laughs> Fucking nerd. Did you, did you play uh, uh, Alone in the Dark? Do you have any familiarity with this series uh, outside of the movie? That was what, Xbox 360? So I probably did have... An no, 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 92. This is PlayStation 2 era, brother. Oh, well, no, I had a PlayStation 2, so then I definitely had it, because I pretty much bought every game that came out for the PlayStation 2, except for maybe Spyro the Dragon. Hmm, okay. Fuck that dragon. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And uh, to the boys, what, what about you? Any any history with? I know you're a survival horror fan. Oh, absolutely! Um, I love Resident Evil. I love Silent Hill. I love any sort of survival horror I can get my hands on. I Clock Tower series talked about that last time for no reason. I just wanted to kind of bring it up at the end. But Alone in the Dark, although it's been on my radar for so long, although I am actually fairly familiar with the series, I hadn't played any of it until very recently when I found out we were going to be on this podcast, and I found out. You can play the original 92 game on your browser because it's a shitty old DOS game. Yeah, and yeah. It's really funny because, uh, Eddie, you would message us giving us the option to either be on this episode or the House mm-hmm. of the Dead episode. Yeah. And the reason I chose Alone in the Dark is because I know of Shane's, uh, you know, Shane's much more into survival horror. But weirdly, we also have a bit of a history with House of the Dead. Well, mostly well. I do because at the yeah. arcade we went to growing up, 
there was a House of the Dead cabinet, and it scared yeah. the shit out of me. I, it was like really? one of those big, yeah, it was one of those big like <laughs> sit-in ones. The worst polygonal graphics you can imagine. The worst audio, and I would see that thing. I would shit my pants. Wait, it was a sit-down game? You got to, like, go inside the... It wasn't just, like, you know, um, like, standing at the cabinet. It was a full, like, you know, photo booth type shit. You would go inside. Yeah. You were living the House of the Dead experience. It was for See, House I of the would Dead be too, afraid that some bum took a shit or a piss in there. They probably did. <laughs> I just didn't smell because I, I always, like, would see it, and I would, like, walk... I would, like... Keep it at arm's distance. I would like move. I would maneuver myself strategically <laughs> between at cabinets, <laughs> so that I would not have to go near it. I was so terrified. I was like a, such a little bitch as a kid. So and, like, even if Street Fighter Two or Street Fighter Three, the new one that came out, was right next to that one, you wouldn't play it. Maybe for some Third Strike. I don't know. I okay. like to play some Street Fighter Three. Third Strike is good. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so the of the Alone in the Dark, those survival horror series, you played a little bit of the '92. What, what did you think of it? Uh, it's good. It's it's aged a lot. I could. It's yeah. definitely something I could beat and I could enjoy and appreciate if I gave more of a deep dive to it. But I was like mostly just kind of playing it on like lunch breaks at work, uh, just because I haven't had as much time lately. Uh, I is do. Is there a speed this... run? Huh? Is there a speed run of the game? <laughs> Probably. I should just learn how to do that. Just like clip my way through all the walls, get to the ending, and <laughs> say I'm done with it. But this movie is actually apparently based on a game called Alone in the Dark: The New Nightmare. Part four. Yeah, yeah the yes. fourth one. Which is a weird place to start. Right. Um, and all I can see connecting, from what I know, because I am kind of familiar with that one. I never actually played it. I think a friend used to have it. But I do know that the female lead in this movie, well, I use the word lead very lightly, <laughs> was <laughs> in Alone in the Dark 4. And I was astounded going back and figuring that out when I, I looked up some of the background for this movie because she's like a playable character in that game and has like zero presence in this film. I mean, she does some stuff. No, she doesn't. What does she do? No, she doesn't. <laughs> she's the hot blonde. That's it. Yeah, yeah. She gets her toe cut off, and then oh no, wait. Oh, wait, wrong movie. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. <laughs> so of course, directed by the man himself, Uva Bull, starring Christian Slater as Edward Carnby. Weird mm -hmm. fucking name. Uh, Tara Reid, the the well, the Bunny Lebowski of it, yeah. uh, as <laughs> Alina Sedrak. What a weird fucking name again. Steven Dorff is Commander Richard Burke. Hey. <laughs> Frank Turner is Sam know Fisher. Steven Dorff is awesome. He was um, uh, the villain in the first Blade, right? Yeah. yeah yes, he was. Frost. Yes. <laughs> he was even more of a 2000s guy in that movie than in this movie. I always get him mixed up with Craig Schiffer. I could see that. Yeah. I could completely see that. Uh, Frank Turner is Sam Fisher. No, not the guy from wait, the Splinter Cell Wait, Sam Fisher, series. wait. Which game? Was that game out? <laughs> no. Probably, yeah, no, that was like a PlayStation 1 game, so it would have been out. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Huh. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's supposed to be that Sam Fisher, so he's just like no-scoping people. And... <laughs> they should have had one of like the fucking commandos named Sam Fisher. I need How like cool a I do right? have, a, there's a couple times watching this movie where I feel like Uwe Bull didn't know what game he was adapting. And that's why the Sam Fisher thing is so funny. A few times. Wait a second. They never use a fucking flashlight in this game to kill anything. No. They're all mounted on top of machine guns like it's fucking Doom. <laughs> yeah, I could have gone for a little more Alan Wake and a little less Doom. Yeah, see, I yeah. always think that Alan Wake is like kind of like a copy ripoff of Alone in the Dark. I could see that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I definitely could. And finally, we've got Matthew Walker playing Professor Lionel Hudgens. 
And this dude, man, he, you want to talk about nailing a role. Oh man. <laughs> he was there. He was present and he, he commanded every fucking scene he was in. So a little bit of trivia before we get into the breakdown of the movie. Originally, Uva Bowl wanted Christian Bale and Jessica Alba to star in this. Holy oh my God. shit. Could you imagine that version? <laughs> Christian Bale oh. and Bowl together. Can you imagine the fucking fights on that set? Oh, yeah, that Lord. He's like, I want that uh, guy, Christian uh, Bale. Well, yeah, he, he's a good actor. He costs money. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, uh, Christian we can give you a Christian. You have to move I can down get the... you a Christian. Yeah, you have to move you down You can the get a Christian? Back. Half the price? <laughs> Done. Sold. Bale kind of sounds like Bowl. Let's get him. Nah. And then Jessica Alba. Like, why? why would you even, I guess... You got Tara Reid, like, who fucking cares at this point? Mm -hmm. At this point in Christian Slade's career, was he on the downside? Was he already, like, kind of like the alcoholic beating up his wife? Yeah. Or, wait, did he beat his girlfriend up, or what, did he bite her? Which one did he do? He, let's see, he's not the one that ran somebody over. No, he's that's somebody not, else. He's not, he's, yeah, he's not a, a Sheen who gave one of them AIDS for fun. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> damn. Ladies and gentlemen. Damn, fucking joke's on you. That's that's what tiger blood is. <laughs> and then Oh my god. Uh no, I, I think at this point he was fully like full bloated alcoholic. He was not doing great. His his career was kind of in shambles and it never really recovered. I mean this is wow. after Broken Arrow and like all this oh, big yeah. shit, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is long gone. Imagine this you is, go from I mean, Winona Ryder as your co-star to Tara Reid. Yeah. I mean, to, to measure it uh, in accordance with Steven Seagal, this is at the point where uh, he started becoming a lawman. So that's right around that era of his career. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, I do got to say, though, I feel like Christian Slater was having a bit of fun with this role. He oh, wasn't great, but I think he was like having fun with his dumb bullshit. Like, you know, treating it like this crazy neo-noir military movie there's some parts well, in the beginning where he kind of shines just like through the ridiculous yeah you know i mean look he he showed up and he acted yeah whether or not it's a good thing but <laughs> he didn't just like phone it in like he could no not at all there's some parts where he kind of looks well, like well this cares. is also this is only his second movie so at this point nobody <laughs> that's in the movies with uh bowl knows that oh fuck what the hell did i get myself into yeah, this, it's this... funny too because if you if you and and I posted the interview that I had with him on Patreon, but if you actually listen to interviews with people who've worked with Uva Bowl before, they all loved it and they all had a great time working with him and would work with him again. And I think I think I kind of summed it up a little bit in the House of the Dead episode when I said Uva Bowl might not be the best director, but he was an incredible producer uh he was able to round some money up shoot scenes and put a movie together and get a lot of lot of lot of fucking money so so much money in fact that when the studio executives got the green draft of the shooting script for this movie uh they gave uva bowl an additional 10 million dollars for the budget this had a 20 million dollar budget wait they gave him extra money yeah, after they got the shooting script. Like, go for it, man. 
and he used all of it on special effects, which you can kind of tell. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. For two th- Okay, come on. For 2005 special effects, not all of them are great in here. I'll admit to that, but some of it's pretty good. Uh, no, they, they are not the worst special effects I've seen in a movie. I will give him that. I'm just going to leave it at that, that I have seen worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, it gets to some pretty, like, straight-to-video type... Uh, Type of type of effects you see in like a straight to video movie. Uh, mm. yeah, well, no, for me, some of the things that look like just, just like straight cutscenes from a video game. <laughs> yeah, but no, the did you watch House of the Dead? We were watching Alone in the Dark. Yeah, we I watched it. We watched <laughs> okay. it. We did a live watch last week, and I've seen that like three, maybe four times. Nice. I like the Asian chick in the American outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, you certainly have a type. Uh, yes, I do. So, <laughs> we start this movie. I think we can get into it, unless anybody else has some background stuff they want to throw in. Oh, no, we got to go right just straight into it, because that's what this fucking movie does. At least the version I watched, there was no like opening um, production logos before we just dove into that text scrawl. Yeah, oh, damn. Yeah. Star Wars, right off the bat. Directly oh, yeah. Directly to that text scrawl. And uh, this was actually added after test audiences said that the plot of the movie was confusing. Uh, I found think it, that's why there's voiceover at like a couple points in the movie. I, I pointed this like, out we're while walk watching through it. That yeah. there are parts where it's like so the, the where like there's ADR where there's ADR over scenes that clearly didn't mean to have ADR, but they mm-hmm. needed to explain more plot. Yeah, but it's always <laughs> Christian Slater's voice, right? <laughs> yes. So you kind of get this cool like film noir effect going on, especially when you add the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe that they're gonna release like a Blu-ray without the uh, Blade Runner style. Over. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. They get the final go... cut. There's weird cut. There's weird scenes with unicorns for some reason. I was just gonna say we find out Christian Slater's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna get uh, uh, Uva Bowl is gonna start releasing the fully packed bowl edition. Four remasters. Hell yeah! Holy so, no, shit, have... dude! You just gave him his fucking name for his next production company. The yeah. full bowl. <laughs> the full bowl. <laughs> so yeah, we start with this great opening text crawl, and it basically describes to us that uh, in 1967, some miners discovered evidence of a long-lost native civilization called the Abkhani. 10,000 years ago, I don't know if that's from 1967 or now, but whatever. Give or take. Yeah. Whatever. It's 10,000 years. When you're playing 10,000 years, it doesn't matter 30, 40 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we're, we're just ballparking here. Anyhow, they, they opened up a gate between the worlds of light and darkness. And I something. Think, yeah, I think that's what happens when the fucking Native Americans invited those weird hat wearing Euro trash picnics to dinner. But wait that's a second. kind of screwed their society. Are they Native Americans? Oh, no, they're, they're more like. um. Like Mayan Aztec style, but like it all are they place. Mayan Aztec? Because that's the kind of vibe I get. They're really not clear with yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, because at one point I'm, I'm I'm going, wow, you know the music really doesn't match the scene with what's going on. With oh wait a sec, that's fucking Native American music. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> but then we get Alaska, Chile, Brazil, all these fucking different things thrown in. Right, right, mm-hmm. and clearly um, with like the 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 few shots of ruins we see that are like. This movie is like perpetually dark. It, it, they took the dark part a bit too literally. Yeah, well, so many times that made it a little bit uh, cheaper on. to uh, do yeah. the special effects. But like, obviously, like there's ruins of what is seems to suggest something that's more like you know uh, 
Aztec or Mayan, like, you know, the bigger um, of native civilizations. But, like, this takes place in North America. Where does this take place? Okay. I couldn't understand so there, the city. There we go. Thank you. There's my first question. <laughs> Where are we? And, by the way, I'm not done with the, the text uh, crawl that's oh, no, supposed to be yeah. – Describing what what's going on. Okay, so, go ahead. We won't interrupt you. Go ahead. They no, no problem. It's fine. Uh, it, I'm here to clarify for you guys. So, but you know, being the expert, uh, <laughs> so then something evil came through the gate, and the Abkani vanished. But before they did, they hid a bunch of artifacts all over the world in the most remote places that they could. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're starting. That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Bureau 713 is a government paranormal research agency that started researching the Abkhani, but the research was shut down when archaeologist Lionel Hudgens started doing controversial experiments. So he built a lab in an abandoned gold mine and tried to merge man with creatures using orphans. Okay, now hold on here. Because this character... Lionel Hudgens mm-hmm. is a character throughout the movie. You've you've just told us he's the bad guy. Yeah. But when the characters see him, it's like, oh hey Lionel, what's up? Yeah, hey, what's up, bro? That's like he's cool. clearly evil, like in all the scenes he's in. Especially that sister. Boy, that sister's right up his fucking ass, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> and the victims of his experiments survived as sleeper agents. Waiting for a sign to wake them up, folks. We got a bunch of Manchurian candidates just yes. waiting. All right, you know what? Thanks wake for reading up, that because now that you read that, because I read it when it first came on, and I was just like, who the fuck cares? What the fuck is this shit? But okay, now that makes that makes the movie make a little bit more sense, so I can understand why they had to go in and do that post production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of that is not clear from watching the movie. I as much gathered it together because I also had to like read a fucking synopsis of it online. Because as much as the stuff does have its uh, dollar moments, I didn't find myself really like dozing off or like you know getting distracted. Like I was tuned into the plot, and the plot overall actually isn't that complicated, and yet I still couldn't piece it together. It's very linear. There's not too many characters. And still, if there's something about it that lacks cohesion, yep. that just falls mm-hmm. apart immediately as you're being told it. I thought it so, was just me. So writing the synopsis for this in my own words and writing up the notes for it, it suffers the same issue that House of the Dead suffers, which is, when are we? We <laughs> are constantly cutting between... Uh, protagonists mm-hmm. and antagonists yep, yep, yep. for seemingly no reason. And so, where are we? Not only that, but where are we? Okay, okay. Because even during so, like some of the gunfights later on, you're like, wait, the, where the bullets are going? It doesn't matter where <laughs> the people are standing. No, I don't know what I don't know what country, what city, mm-hmm. where in time and space any of the what characters kind of physics are. these bullets are paying attention right. to. Right, it is like a disorienting video game. Yeah, a little bit. I think it's supposed succeeded. to be so we can all identify with it, right? Yes. It could be Chicago, it could be New York, it could be Toronto, it could be Seattle, it could be Los Angeles. Is that what you think he was going for? It could be sitting. No, I don't no, know. No, not at all. Uh, like that way, I'll make it like as broad of an audience as I can get. Instead of any town USA, it's any town, any country, any planet, <laughs> any time, any, any large city, <laughs> any any, any uh, place. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we open on any kid running through a field. 
And there are people that are looking for him with some dogs and stuff, and then you see the flashlights. And hey, then we, uh, this hero of the, of the game. Flashlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we cut to him uh, talking to a nun, and that's Sister Clara, uh, about how bad he feels. Well, well, by he, I, of course, mean the evil Dr. Hudgens. Oh, Lionel, yeah. And yeah. Uh, here's a problem I have, because, you know, a lot of movies like this that are, like, you know, very low budget, you know, kind of just to the point and kind of cliche. Some, a lot of times they'll bring on a, an older, um, gentlemanly veteran actor to lend some credibility to the production. And when I saw this guy, I didn't know who he was, but I thought, maybe this is somebody. I'm just not too familiar with it. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll ring some bells. But, like, he actually seems to be the biggest nobody of the film, the old guy, and his performance is... Yeah, there are no so, bells here. Yeah, no, yeah. he's like... He comes out, it's like, it's not about a few children, it's the future of our species. It's like, he has... Right. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, Donald Pleasant, he isn't. And you know, all right, no. hats off to the director here, Mr. Bowl, because he had it down, because the Catholic nun doesn't give a shit what the fuck is going on with the kids, really. <laughs> no. She no, just, not at all. What does she do? Even when push comes to shove, when the shit hits the fan, she covers for him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the arrangement, right? The arrangement is he's going to experiment on the kids, and then when it's uh, 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 when when the time comes, which apparently it has, she has to call the cops and tell them all the kids vanished. But what okay, does she get here's out another, of it? Well, here's another point I have with this. He tells her that he she has to call the cops at ten o'clock, and at that yeah. point. They're in the process of taking the kids out because we already saw that one random kid, whoever that's going to turn out to be, <laughs> running away, right? Yes. Why not give yourself some more lead time? Why not say, call the cops in the fucking morning so we can be like eight hours away with these kids before the <laughs> cops are even looking for us? Why, like, all right, we're going to be out of here by 945. 15 minutes later, call the cops and tell them that the kids are missing. Oh, uh, because you, I don't know. Yeah, it has to be done in the dark. All of the shooting with the cops searching and everything has to be done in the We in don't the dark. have a permit for this particular park we're filming in. Yeah. We can't do this in the morning. Come on. Right. We Otherwise, also... the real cops will come. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, like you said, Tim, a, a point for like accuracy, the, 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 the Catholic nun making some kids disappear because an old white man told her to and, and not having problems with it, uh, hats off. Right. Yeah, as accurate that's right. as you can yeah. get. So, yeah, one of her coworkers runs in and says, hey, the kids are missing. And we cut to uh, one of the kids. The one that was running away in a power plant crying. Like, so it's so, <laughs> there's like electricity crackling around him. And also, after his harrowing dash through like the woods being chased by dogs, his hair is still perfectly gelled. Which, first of all, why did he go to bed with gelled hair? This motherfucker looks like Jimmy Neutron. Uh, that shit well, bugs me. Hold on. Uh, that wasn't gel to begin with. God damn it. I'm done. Yeah, it was, it was calm. Not, uh... <laughs> he didn't have his sock with him, so what's he going to do? I thought <laughs> not knowing the plot first going in, I thought what the thing was that the kid, he was sitting right next to the high voltage thing. I thought he was going to get electrocuted to death. Right. That would have been so cool. Be part of the plot somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Or like you that's what gives him his powers. Kill him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah he's like powder. Electro. Well, we find out later on that this kind of, in a way, does uh, help him out. Yeah, being true, true. Uh, so then, yeah, afterward we see in, in the kid's eye, or, or sorry, afterward then uh, 
after the power the power went out, so all the kids vanished, and we see in his eyes uh, that there's a monster like <laughs> reflected in his eye or behind his eye. We don't know. Yeah, I thought it was something that like he'd seen. But um, no, we no. don't know. Uh, no, well, yeah, because yeah. if he's like having a psychic flash, why would they right. show it in the reflection of his eye? And if they're showing it in the reflection of his eye, shouldn't he be outside so he can see that monster run by? And that's why we're seeing the reflection. No, I think this is uh, belies the the inner demons that he has mm-hmm. because this is we some cut very to deep bull. Um, film mm. artistry that like uh, it just doesn't register with all. You know, I forgot that we're you're not going to get on like, your first view. We're working on four or five levels here. Yes. Yeah, I, I've watched this movie twice in the last eight hours. So <laughs> I I've watched yep. it about yeah two and a half times in the last twelve hours. Very good. That's so we cut the, to that's part modern of day part of Christian Slater. With, uh... Sorry, go ahead. Nothing. Never mind. <laughs> Abort. Go on. Abort. <laughs> So we cut to modern day, and it's Christian Slater on a plane. And there's some fucking annoying kid next to him. Oh, this fucking kid. I hate this, because like, ha- do most Hollywood film directors just not know what a fucking child is? Because like, they're, they're always so goddamn weird. I hate it. Yeah, this fucking kid. This kid. He's like, did you eat cheese? Did you eat <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, cheese gives you nightmares. Hey, look at my coloring book. No, no, no. You know, did you eat cheese? Because you've been farting door. for like the last 3,000 miles across the fucking country. Uh, he's the worst. Yeah, I just want somebody to cut to that kid being jettisoned out of the plane. <laughs> I want somebody just to cut to the cheese. This awful, <laughs> this awful like um, Culkin mutant. He's just got these big ears and this blonde hair. Um, I, I don't know. Just don't like him. But it's pretty cool because he scares the fuck out of the kid. He's like, yeah, I had a dream that there were vampires and they were in my closet. And then the adults <laughs> this told is a me good I, part. Yes. I yeah. shouldn't be afraid of that shit because it's stupid. And Slater's like, look, man. You actually should be afraid of the dark. That's actually what keeps human beings alive. So they're telling you that because they're stupid. And he like looks, he makes a point to look past the kid at the mom who's asleep. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. this dumb bitch. Don't fucking listen this to This fucking broad. No, be fucking terrified, kid. Always be looking over your shoulder. Buy a gun. It's the U.S., I think. Gotta be paranoid and terrified all the time. You're gonna die. Castle Doctrine. You do, you do not need to retreat so long as you're in your own house. <laughs> what about if you're in an airplane? <laughs> this is, uh, uh, episode, by the way, is brought to you by Smith and or Wesson. Um, <laughs> go out and, and purchase a gun. And when you buy that gun, make sure you buy your Swiss and Wesson oil. <laughs> yeah, Wesson oil. Yeah, Swiss? What? No, Smith and Wesson. Uh, yeah, whatever. So, meanwhile, we cut to the bad guy on a ship. <laughs> yeah. On a commercial-class fishing boat doing evil deeds. Oh, yeah, of course. With a weird diving bell guy that, that they're pulling out of the water holding on to something. And I feel bad for whoever the actor was that they're like, okay, we're, we're just going to put you under this, this hood or, or something, and that's your, that's your role. Because we never see the person. We never... Never figure out what his story is. Yeah, lots of things you think are gonna pan out just um rather uh creep back inward, never to be mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh our old doctor here, he he's not even a, a doctor, is he? 
He's an archaeologist, like I know. Yeah, he's one of those. They say he's like he currently has like an advisor role at their super yeah. secret Men in Black. Well, bureau. we'll get to that later. But yeah, <laughs> yeah Mr. well, you Mr. know, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Secret Service uh, Men in Black place makes motherfuckers multitask because, like, what the fuck are some of these people's jobs? <laughs> oh, I know. So yeah, Mister Hudgens, he picks up his cell phone. And he's like, "Look, man, you're gonna have to go find Mister Slater, and uh, he's got the artifact. You gotta, you gotta take the artifact from him and kill him." And it's like, whoa, hold on. I guess this guy is a, the bad guy. Like, we're we're getting right to it. We could have skirted around it a little bit. Like, it's so obvious, but, like, there's just really no mystery to this movie. Like, the bad guy is the bad guy. We're not going to try, like, any... I don't know. We're going to get into it. There's just some moments with the characters that just don't feel right. Off in a way that, like, I don't normally see in, like, a bad movie. Yeah. So... Now we cut to Slater. He's walking out to a cab, and we get that lovely narration that, that we were talking <laughs> oh, wait, about earlier. Yes. At this point, they're in Buenos Aires, aren't they? Are they? Sure. Yes, yeah. because when he meets <laughs> up with the, the chick later on, Tara Reed, he says he's been in Brazil for the last six weeks. Oh, yeah, and, and you can only go to Buenos Aires after Brazil. <laughs> That's true. And I like the taxi driver that's there, the surfer dude. Um, <laughs> oh, this guy's. I thought this guy was going to be like a comic relief sidekick. I thought he'd be following uh, um, fucking Slater around the whole flick. I'm sad we missed him. Yeah, he is pretty good because, yeah, Slater jumps into the cab and uh, it's like, hey, uh, what, what do you do for a living, man? That's what's interesting to me. Slater's like, I'm a paranormal research investigator, which, I mean, nowadays, like, you could. Uh, you could clean up meeting women on that stuff because with all the podcasts that are about true crime and paranormal, you know? Oh, yeah. Damn, wait but, a second. I'm co-host on the wrong show then. <laughs> right. Yeah, you should jump on like a paranormal Abandoned ship now. show. <laughs> but no, cab driver's like, look, man, don't don't be a dick. I just, this is the most interesting part of my job is meeting people and figuring it's like just shout out. Have you ever like gotten into an Uber or a Lyft and the driver like really wants to talk? And like I immediately put my headphones in and I'm clearly like scrolling for a song. I'm like, yeah, how about like, this? Uh-huh. They don't give a fuck that you got your headphones in. And even when you take one of them out, they're like, what? They still keep talking. I had a guy t- keep telling me Jesus loves me. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. Great. <laughs> like, no, 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 really. Jesus loves you. I'm like, okay. Yeah, really. That's really nice. Okay, great. That's great. Does he love you? (laughs) I guess he loves me. You should go fuck him. Because I'm tired of hearing your ass. If he loves me, you'd think he'd fuck me. (laughs) Yeah, for real. If you loved me, you'd shut up. (laughs) What's going on here? So now, uh, he's like, yeah, that's cool. And and, uh, I'll tell you what else is interesting that you might not have noticed is uh, we're being tailed by another uh, cab behind us. So there's some bald dude, right? Uh-huh. And we're not really introduced to the bald dude. He's just kind of there. Yeah. And he's following Christian Slater around, and we get he, the, the cab driver's like, oh, shit, that's something. Should I try to lose him? <laughs> I love like, that in uh, movies. It's like cab drivers just seem so used. Like, it's just one of the most mundane parts of their job is getting into car chases and trying to lose suspicious vehicles. No, I think what it is, if you're a cab driver, there's like two things that you're just waiting for to happen. One of them is the car chase, get away, and the other one is the chick who can't pay and she's going to bang you. 
<laughs> yeah, Tim, you're a Brooklyn guy. Is there a lot of car chases going on and cab Wait. drivers trying to trying to lose people? Too much traffic. Yeah. In Queens, there's way too much traffic. I don't know what happens in Brooklyn, but that shit doesn't. Oh, happen okay. In Queens. I remember um, when when I uh, went to Chicago, I was in a cab and we were trying to get somewhere, and, and the cab driver got cut off. He got fucking pissed off at the next stoplight. Jumped out of the car, grabbed the the other cab driver ahead of him, pulled him out of the car, and beat his ass. Oh, and now that's the him, kind of cab driver you want. And you gave him the biggest tip you've ever given to a cab driver. How much? I actually did give him a very yeah. big tip because <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> well, we, after that you got him. He beat does your ass. that every fucking time. <laughs> well, yeah, he got me there on on time because, like I said, I was there for business, and and uh, when we got there, everything was expensed, so you'd pay for it, and then you'd get a receipt, and then get reimbursed. And I, he's like, hey, you want a receipt? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, cool, here you go. He just pulls a blank receipt out. And he's like, just put in whatever. Oh. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. So you took a taxi from New York to Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Good dude. So, nah, this cab driver's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to lose him. This will be fun. And now we have this great chase scene that's going on mm-hmm. for a while. And we do everything you do in a chase scene. We, we, uh, we do the thing where you slam on the brakes and you make like a 90 degree right turn. And then we uh, do the thing where you, you run through a fruit cart. He's like, go through that market. He's like, but I'll kill a guy. <laughs> we it run through matter. a lot of bags of fruit and vegetables. Yeah. The classics. <clears throat> Nobody with a rickshaw or anything, though. Oh, uh, sadly, no. I wanted or like to two guys um, walking a pane of glass across the street. Yeah, that. Oh, that would. Well, uh, we'll get some broken glass coming up here pretty oh, soon. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> now this was the first part where I thought, like, like you know, okay, Mister Bull is clearly confused at what video game he's adapting because we have this bald assassin. Like, really, <laughs> he thinks he's doing Hitman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Could be, do we ever see be. the back of this guy's neck? Oh, exactly. No, we don't. That's a very good point. We Maybe do see a, a lot secret. of we see a lot of barcode scanners used that they try to pass off for like paranormal oh, tools. Oh, thank you, thank you, but... thank you. Yes, they have that written down. Is you just fucking point a uh, pen pointer that you use yeah, with your cat and your computer meters. knows what it is. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So we have a good fight scene. Uh, the the car's wreck. He gets t boned Ducks out of the way. Uh, looks into the 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 other car. Bald guy is gone. Like he ran away. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, because isn't his job to kill this guy? Why is he running? Away? Why does Christian Slater have to chase him? Because he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wait, yeah. you're supposed to kill me. Yeah, I don't know. But Slater finally realizes, like, ah, I guess I'm cool. I'm gonna leave. And then the bald dude like jumps down off of like a bridge. Oh, above it's him fantastic. Or... Yeah, he does like a shoulder slam. And yeah. it's great because like they they set it up. He's on the bridge. He's above him. He jumps down slow motion. He finally lands on Slater, and it's just no impact. You can clearly tell how he just didn't touch him. There's so many things in this movie that don't have any weight to them. No, but honestly, the the majority of this like this fight scene coming up is kind of the biggest highlight of the movie easily. Well, it's one of the highlights. It's yeah. really good. I like it. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah, we, get, we get Slater thrown through the glass uh, window. And again, I'm I'm worried now because I'm like, where are we filming this? Is this like a soundstage? Or are we just fucking up people's businesses? Like, uh, I feel bad. 
Great. They, they were doing guerrilla filming. They didn't have a permit to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a real glass. That's how you fucking make money on a movie. Don't build a fucking set. Just do that shit in some country and just break some real store windows. Yeah, it's like uh, just go down to some country where they can't afford to like extradite people. Yeah, you know that extra couple million bull got that went to lawyers' fees. Yeah, <laughs> that that would have been a good move because he probably would have get got uh, sued for this Street Fighter Two move that's coming up after the ball guy <laughs> knocks Slater down on his back, takes the artifact, Slater laying on his back. Right, he's broken, he's he's battered. What's Christian Slater going to do, guys? Fucking wake up, guile, somersault, slash this motherfucker. It's yep. fantastic. I'm like, like, wait, this is the Matrix. Oh, it's so good. He just does guile's, like, flip kick. Yeah. Kicks. So, again, we have another video game thrown in the mix. Yeah. Again, Kick. confused of what he's doing. Kicks the artifact out of the guy's hand. Also kicks the guy in his face, right? Mm-hmm. Snatches the artifact, gets kind of thrown out of a door, thankfully, because then he stumbles uh, off of the stairs and scurries off. Sees it, and and this is uh, this is going to be a big move for Christian Slater's character. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're gonna get a call bumping into one. people and stealing shit from them. <laughs> Our hero, pickpocket. <laughs> no, pickpocket. He steals a cop's gun. Oh, no, he doesn't even, like, bump into this guy. He does, like, some sort of fucking wushu twirl just to grab it off his waist. He, like, grabs the guy's arm, spins around like a ballerina, and then grabs it and runs. Like, yeah, they're like, wow, somebody just tickled yeah, the balls? At this, <laughs> at this some... point, you're too impressed to go after him. For real. Like, he embraces him, and they do some crazy, like, ballroom dancing stuff. Like, right. like uh, uh, Fred Astaire in Singing in the Rain. Uh, oh, and twirls him around, takes is his it, gun. Wait, oh, is it going to be like this is for the rest of my tenure here? Is it going to be that and fucking Brooklyn? What? <laughs> I don't know. It's what you're Gene talking Kelly about. in oh, Singing in the Rain. Gene Kelly was in Singing in the Rain. Afraid Viva Knievel's Gene Kelly. Queen's native, I believe. A, uh, oh, okay. So I'll remember <laughs> that next time. So uh, yeah, he grabs the cop's gun. He shoots the bald guy. The bald guy just gets pissed off, though. Like he's yeah. not stopping. Yeah, and this he got is like right in the heart. Doesn't even slow him down. Yeah, dude, it's a complete heart shot, and mm -hmm. it's like a Resident Evil Three Nemesis situation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, I mean, that would have been well after this, but you know, mm -hmm. still pretty cool. Then the next, uh, uh, we go up to some weird fish market. So, okay, there are blocks of ice, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Wait, did you notice the two stupid suckers who had their hands stuck to the table, it looked like, and they couldn't get away? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> there are two workers there who are on their knees, but both of them have their hands up on the tables. <laughs> and they're just squatting there, I'm like, what the fuck? They, the they fuck? must have licked their hands and then touched the ice. Yeah, maybe they uh, ate some cheese before they nodded. Uh, you know, that classic. <laughs> it's always going to come back to bite you later. Mm. Like, it's just a nightmare. So, it's just a nightmare. Okay. Do you know why they have blocks of ice at a fish market? Uh, because there's uh, one little basket of fish that needs some ice. Keep that no. fish ice cold. Because you freeze the fish in the block of ice so that air can't get to the fish 
cause the proteins in it to crystallize and rip apart. It's what they used to do before we got really good vacuum sealing if you wanted to keep the fish from getting so shitty So you put the fish fishy. in the middle of that gigantic block yes, of ice. Yes, you should have a single fish inside of a brick of ice back in the day. Now we vacuum seal them. Doesn't that fucking take up a lot of space on shipping? Like, yeah. Yes, it does. A like, lot of a ton of weight. Yeah. But no, we just have bricks of ice. Yeah, the, these are empty now. <laughs> Maybe they took yeah. the fish out. It was too much to CG <laughs> the took... fish because we have to CG the ice. They're like, look, we can buy blocks of ice or we can buy blocks of ice with fish. What's cheaper uh, without the fish, clearly? I will get that. And then uh, we get a conveyor. Not a conveyor belt because the belt costs extra. <laughs> so it's just a rolling conveyor where they're fighting on it and, and we get all... Uh, old stand-in for Keanu Reeves. Christian Slater, he's on the belt, and he gets rolled down to the end of it where there's a bunch of uh, fish in a weird trough down under him. With and the he harpoon does a cool... that just happens to be sticking right out of the middle. Well, of he the does battle. like a judo flip onto the bald guy, and he uh, lands on a pike. No, not the fish. The medieval <laughs> no. weapon that's a pose oh, with the spear at the end. Oh, it was a pike. That's what it was. <laughs> It's a pike. See, Get Bull it? really is operating on it in a whole other level. When you think about it, yeah. He's just, be he's just so beyond us, the way he's thinking ahead, the way he's layering things. It's good stuff, man. Mm -hmm. So, ball guy gets impaled, and I guess that killed him. The getting shot in the heart, the getting <laughs> shot. Uh, is that because he's kind of like a vampire? Oh, there you Oh, my gosh. Well, if he was a vampire, then being out in daylight would have hurt him, right? Mm. Yeah. That's why he had the sunglasses. Or could be like other, yeah, what other type of monster is killed, doesn't get killed by bullets, but a stake through the chest does it? What about, um, like, in Blade, where they, they just or use a actually lot of a sunscreen? Or actually a fish through the chest. Yeah, they could have been using sunscreen. Oh, or it could have been Dorf. like an underworld. Oh, shit. Here we go. Maybe Somebody's he's a so dompier, like in uh, Blood Rain. That's right. Coming it's a soon. Alicard. Oh man, blood rain. Yeah, Tim, blood rain. Oh. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking so, Madsen and instead oh. of that a uh, uh, very attractive uh, uh femme fatale, we cut to Dr. Bunny Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> and not since Denise Richardson being a nuclear physicist in that 007 movie has it been oh, a god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's That's my so sister. <laughs> They're like, give her a lab coat, glasses, kind of mess her hair up, but 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 uh, pin it up, mm -hmm. and uh, give her a clipboard, and then she's just a doctor. Like and she's lots just of smart. breath freshness. And I like, oh yeah, um, that we have off our um, almost recurring character, Officer Louis C.K. Here, yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I this this guy. guy. I have it written down at one point. Does he live in the museum? Right, like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I have another problem with this scene. Not only do we have Louis C.K. over here, but, like, the guy who's carrying the crate, he's also, um, like, very round, yep, very yep. pasty, very goateed. I'm like, there's got to be some sort of decree where that is not allowed. You I was going to say, two... you should not have two guys with that same body shape, let's with that just say. Yes, that same in type the same of person scene can't together, be in the same... Interacting. <laughs> no. Yeah, because at the end of the scene, uh, after... Dr. Tara Reed leaves. Like, those two have a little bit of a comedic back and forth. 
And the level of acting oh, is like a fucking... Oh, comedic. No, fucking... I'm going to tell you the whole story that <laughs> no, you the missed. Level, the level of acting ability is on the level of, like, some fucking, like, student productions that I saw when I was in college. Like, it is, like... Yeah. Wow. I can't believe... That, I just, like, I I just called these guys the exposition twins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could tell me that they were twins, just they had different haircuts, and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess. I get it. So we're in the museum, and uh, she's not really a doctor. She's the assistant curator. And we've got, yeah, one of the Louis C.K. exposition twins is delivering a crate. And she's like, oh, I think this is an Abkhani uh, artifact. I guess I'll just fry the, the crate open, even though the dude told me not to. Yes, yeah, this can only be opened by Dr. What's his name? Dr. Evil? Dr. Yeah, Doctor Evil. Hudgens? What does he call him? Doctor Evil. Doctor Hudgens. Hmm? Doctor Lionel Hudgens, but I think yeah, it's Hudgens. Too. So yeah, Doctor Hudgens. Every time and I hear that name, like... I think of Phil Hartman from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Phil Hartman. Right. Yeah, pour one out. Mm-hmm. So Not yeah, Bunny. <laughs> Bunny Lebowski starts prying the crate open, and. We get the the explanation about the tribe and the the whole bat, and I'm like, wow, this, you know what? Maybe you didn't need to put this in the text at the beginning, right? Well, how about so this? Clear. Why isn't he working for the fucking museum instead of being a security guard? Because he gives the whole fucking backstory. Well, ten thousand years ago, they were a highly advanced technology, <laughs> yeah, you're race, right? And they spread their artifacts all over the world, and then one day they all just disappeared. Yeah, he should be giving mm-hmm. tours. Yeah. And then for like, no reason, he's like, hey, doctor, what about that boyfriend of yours who disappeared? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a good thing that you're busy because you won't have to think about your boyfriend who disappeared for three months. And then it, she gets upset. Then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have mentioned that her boyfriend disappeared. Well, yeah, and no then, shit. And then the other guy's yeah. like, well, why? Why'd you mention that? He's like, because her boyfriend disappeared. <laughs> it really jackass. reminds me of... Nice going, jackass. <laughs> it really reminds me of that, that Conan O'Brien clip of, of where they would play walker texas ranger shit and it's just the kid from the sixth sense and he's like walker told me i have aids and it's like why the fuck would you bring this up in the middle of a stupid conversation about nothing like great hey you know what'll take your mind off of your missing boyfriend getting busy with work you know what won't me bringing up your missing boyfriend <laughs> yeah you stupid asshole now let me remind you of it before i tell well you how i think what it is it. is it's like a little bit of a passive aggressive move with like uh the old dick is gone but this dick is here yeah and i'm here oh, all the don't time you, don't no you want to know if the carpet matches the goatee yeah and see, that's why this guy is escorting the fucking delivery guy around mm-hmm. he's working the night shift he's uh-huh. setting the mood so you think this guy that's basically louis a to z fuck ck he's, <laughs> he's got the full fucking alphabet going on you think hey, at least this just... guy's keeping his dick in his pants he's trying to <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> you think true. he's trying to get it in with bunny like of course, come on. Yeah. yeah. How could you be that kind of body shape guy in that kind of a job <laughs> and working That's next true. to her and not like I want to bang her? But I like that he fucked up and then he tells the delivery guy like, "Yeah, I fucked up, and here's why." <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, delivery whatever. Guy is just, then the delivery guy's like, "You jackass!" And then they have the little comedic back and forth where the guy wah, I forget wah, what the guy wah, says. Wah. He's something like that. Are we done here? Like, can we, like, can we just like get out? I, yeah, I, yeah, I absolutely hate this guy's oh, comedic. Um, and here's a question: presence. Is what happened to the delivery delivery guy's hand truck? <laughs> 
She took his hand truck and went to the fucking office to cry about her missing boyfriend. Maybe it was their hand truck and they loaned it to the delivery guy. I get the so feeling UPS this guy So UPS shows up and up. says, hey, Man, can I borrow your hand truck? No, not UPS, but this guy. This guy probably <laughs> Louis C.K. moving, yes. Yeah. So she gets steamed and, and leaves and, and yeah, then then like you said, the, the delivery guy leaves. And and he calls him sweet pea before he leaves. That's kinda weird. But whatever. We're going That's back funny. to the ship where yeah, they he's found trying a to grave. make a power move on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're back to the ship and they found a grave. And they're like, Okay, well, we should probably open the grave. But that then we cut back to Slater. Like, this is what we're talking about yep. with the storytelling. Bang, 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 bang. All bang, over the place. bang, bang. We're not a stat. Like, stick with one person for five minutes and then cut to the next person. Oh, yeah. The pacing here is awful. Just like the back and forth between villains and heroes and fucking yeah. um, men yeah, and black agents. From the point where the captain, the guy dressed up in the yellow raincoat, says, we should open it. And the doctor says, no, we're not going to open it. It has to be on the certain conditions. They cut this another scene. And then yeah. by the time we come back to this scene, it's like like we didn't leave it. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that like when Christian Slater goes to his like warehouse apartment? Oh. Isn't that yeah, it? Yeah, we, we've got to talk about this warehouse What's apartment. What's going on? So Why does I'll he have sum- a cage? I'll summarize everything before then. All right, go ahead. So we got the ship, they want to open up the grave, and uh, the coffin's made out of solid gold. The captain Mm. wants to open it up, but Hudgens says no, because they house evil spirits, so we should just load it onto the truck. And yes, then we go to Slater's cool lab apartment. (laughs) Storage area? (laughs) That's got like, I don't know if you guys are old enough or or whatever to remember this, but sometimes Wait, are you asking me? What? Yeah, no, I'm asking them. Sometimes in the malls, they would have these displays that were like, look at this really expensive $5,000 bed. Mm-hmm. Right? With this not weird... our, maybe like Probably around our time, but not in our shitty malls. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it would have like this $5,000 bed with these stupid panels that, that are like, this looks Asian, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all vaguely Asian and exotic, like antiques in this place. Yeah. This guy bought that bed from the mall and just had them drop it off in the middle of some shit like, I don't know. Literally, he's borrowing it while the the mall's in the middle of the fucking room. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. Just like, I just hate the idea of like, right in the middle of this wide open space, he's got like his bed. Miserable. I don't know. That's that's too much. He's got all the cameras surrounding it for fucking. (laughs) Who? He's got himself a cool little scratchler pad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's banging uh, Tara Reed. We'll find out. So, might oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, that's right. And I can't wait till we get to that, so we can point out how little <laughs> that fucking makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the captain uh, he he hits Hudgens with a uh, what the fuck does he have? He's got like a hammer, but he like just nudges him in the stomach with it. He hits him with a sledgehammer. Well, he doesn't, like, hit him with the sledgehammer. No, he, like, hits him. Yeah, that's, he knocks the wind out of him. He's an old right. fucking man. You don't need to hit him that hard. He doesn't, like, full, like, strongman thing where you're swinging a barbell over your head and, and hitting a thing. He doesn't do that, right, Tim? No, he's not doing that at all. Yeah. He's not using a barbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just kind of pokes him with it. And then they stuff him into a room. 
<laughs> Which turns out to be to looks like a, a good move for a little bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because then they open the fucking the coffin, and we get this crazy like high pitched sound, and cut to everybody else in the world now grabbing their head and a a specific. No, hold on, it's only Christian Slater who grabs his head. Everybody oh, else right, just right, goes right. like fucking yes. full robot. Which actually, this is like one of the better parts of the scenes. Where like those the guy and the woman just like get up and just like fucking just forget what they're doing and just walk out the door. I thought that was a pretty effective scene. Oh yeah, I was confused too because like when the guy uh walks out of his bed for a second, I thought it was uh Tara Reed's character. Like, you know, her boyfriend's missing. You thought the guy like... was Tara Reed? No, yeah, like, the, the hey, girl hey, next hey, to him. I bang uh... this chick and I'm done. I <laughs> so I just thought like, you know, her boyfriend's missing, but like that's no reason to miss out on a dick appointment. Like, you know light keeps moving, you know? But we find out later on that this guy that gets out of the bed is uh, somehow connected to this whole story. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, we will. It's, yeah, we find out that it's Slater's friend, John. Because <laughs> John. John, yeah. Uh, it's bad. John. So uh, we, we, Hudgens exits the room that he was in, and the whole crew was just fucking dead on the ship. And it's all bloody and shit, and it looks pretty cool like the the color of the blood that they use is pretty good yeah would have loved to it, have actually seen that what, what what fucking went down yeah but again, it's a dark it's really dark so you can't really see too much so well it's really dark happen. later on and they still do the action scenes yeah that's Yo, it never gets brighter yeah, than this but then we have the phosphorus resin bullets to help us see shit oh yeah the very slow moving bullets we can see each individual one coming out of a machine gun <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> I mean, you want to see the action as it takes place. There you go, sir. So yeah, Hudgens uh, sneaks out, and he's alone in the dark, and goes over to the uh, the coffin that they opened up, and he like fiddles around with the side of it and finds like a string or something to pull. Yeah. And then the bottom slides open, and there's a little thing in it, and he mm -hmm. takes it. Okay. So, so there we go. So so Hudgens couldn't have survived what would come out of there if they opened it, but he still needed it to be open. So yes. that he could get was at the bottom. Yes. So instead of letting them beat him and lock him up, why did they? Why didn't he just like go inside? Like, hey guys, I'm gonna go take a wicked piss. You deal with opening that coffin, and then just come out when it blew over. Why did he have to like get himself beat the fuck up for it? Well, I think he says before he gets beat up that it has to be opened on the special conditions, otherwise yes. some bad shit's gonna oh, happen. Okay. So I think he wants to bring it back right. to the museum and do some. He doesn't have any shit. regard for human life. He could have just. Fine. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, because we find out with what he's got going on at the museum, he's uh, already kind of cooking the books a little bit, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He works for a shadow organization. He can make the whole thing blow over easy if he wants. Oh, yeah. So now we cut to some stairs in a building. And this is where we've got Stephen Dorff and uh, oh, Agent yeah. Miles. And they're reviewing uh, the sensors. Oh, my God. This pissed me off so much. <laughs> you mean cool. the computer? Yeah, oh. The laptop that everybody's walking around calling a sensor? So please, please, go ahead then. This scene, why, why does this piss you off? I, I just cannot... So this whole thing is that they are this kind of like hidden secret government branch that deals with the paranormal. Yeah, the like, 713. Yes, 713. Bureau 713 is what they are called. And Dorf and his uh, like fucking like, you know, secretary guy comes up to him and was like, you know, the paranormal readings are off the charts. Like it's such a vague, stupid thing 
apparently they use like electromagnetic waves to measure paranormal reading activity which are like usually any between in a, three and five that's like, normal this reading. one's on 50 dude <laughs> um yeah it's like those little like sensor things that every chud in the ghost hunter show will put down you don't know what it does but they tell you like oh the readings are off the charts like what fucking readings so they they have that same exact thing but blown up to an insane scale like a giant fucking government computer that's like showing them all these crazy like paranormal they we don't know what that means but apparently it yeah. just means oh we know when monsters are going to come but listen there's a certain level of paranormal activity <laughs> that's normal right <laughs> three to now, five. Now, when it's below in... three, that's when it gets suspicious. But when it's between three and five, we're okay. Yeah, that's normal paranormal activity. Now we're too high, though. We're at abnormal paranormal activity. But you see, here's the thing: anything that deals with like the paranormal or like uh -huh. ghosts or shit. Whenever yeah. you have like these in-universe experts, there's always certain ways that they kind of know. Whether it's like you know a psychic hunch. Um, something that has to be established that they kind of know that there's certain degrees as to what's wrong and what's right on the spiritual right. plane or whatever. Here it's just boiled down to fucking numbers and shitty laptops soldiers bring with them. I hate yeah, it. it's sensors. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that would be like the easiest thing. This is like a level three ghost. This is a level five <laughs> ghost. All right. Yeah. So like you have your ghost from Casper to your ghost from uh, what the hell was that movie with Barbara Hershey? Um, uh, Planet of the Apes. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. This is the EKG meter, right? Like how That's does what EKG it's called. That's work? what it's called, yes. No, EKG from Ghostbusters. Meter. Don't they have like actual um what are those things in the Yeah, they they the uh, uh EMF reader. EMF, okay, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Of. That's the real thing where where idiots walk around yeah. in old electromagnetic water whatever. Can I yeah. get a job doing that on a TV show? Sure. It's gonna be the I'll walk around. I'll walk around in the dark and just like hold the fucking computer, calling it a sensor, and saying, "Oh wait, something's happening." Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a ghost over here. Yeah, it's getting cold. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I'm on TV. You're home. This has exactly. already been recorded. It's cold. You you don't want to be here where I'm at. I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> tune yeah. in next week for when tune I might next, die. Tune in next week when I make wild assumptions based on small noises for thirty fucking minutes. <laughs> And it goes on for, we get renewed for seven seasons. So, yeah, we go to the control room or the command room and we see that it's global. Oh, shit. And uh, then Hudgens calls up Bunny Lebowski and uh, gets mad that she opened up the crate. And he's like, look, man, I'm on my way back. So uh, just just chill. And then again, with the cutting so fucking fast, the cutting. Oh, God. Now it's Christian Slater passed out on the floor and fucking we've all <laughs> been here, right? Yeah. And he's having flashbacks about the orphanage, and mm -hmm. uh, it's like, well, all the children in the orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> good old, and, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days, but uh, not this time, because yeah, all the he's children... He's still doing it to this day. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> all the children have returned, and they're all in their beds. So the 20 that went missing, minus him, the 19, they're all back. Mm-hmm. No explanation. That's cool. Slater wakes up and gets a call. It's uh, John's wife. Remember the lady that was in bed with the dude that just walked away? Uh, yeah, I think her name is Mary. Sure. She called yeah, him up and uh, is like, hey, John just like got up and walked out. Come over here. Bang me right now. <laughs> so, and, and the note that I have here is we have so many scenes of Christian Slater leaving a place. 
because but he's never going anywhere no <laughs> so we we see the sweeping kind of cut of his car driving someplace we arrive at john's house and immediately slater is leaving the house yeah walking we out don't see it. anything inside the house I think yeah. he banged her. That's what it is. He banged her, and then she's like, oh, by the way, John just, like, left. And do you think he was going to leave me? Yeah, you, you've known like... him since you were little kids. Did he tell you? And he goes, he gives some kind of, like, vague answer. He doesn't say no. Yeah. The, way yeah. that he res- the way that he answers that question is like, did he tell you about leaving me? He's like, absolutely not. It's like, yeah. wait, absolutely not. He didn't tell you, or absolutely not. Yeah, no, like he definitely did. He just didn't tell me. Yeah, look, he did not tell me. He planned on leaving you. Okay, cool. <laughs> so uh, now we're like, all right, we're gonna go back to the orphanage. We find the sister Clara. We're like, hey, sister Clara. Um, by the way, what happened with all the other kids? Uh, can we can we get the info on them? And here we find out. Oh no. All the other kids that grew up and now they're adults, they also vanished too. And Why when, does she still have files on these kids? I don't know. She, I don't think she aged from that, the first opening she scene. She did either. not age from the but opening scene. That makes scene. sense because having gone to Catholic school, nuns don't fucking age. They're always just old. Well, they're in that fucking outfit. You don't see anything. You can't tell. That's what it's happens a very when good you stay point. unproblematic. Yeah. <laughs> they they have uh, masks that they wear. And and uh, that that's so you can't identify them later when you take them to trial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Slater then gives us some exposition when he was turned twenty. He joined the seven thirteen because he wanted to. Okay, and this makes no sense. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, yeah because yeah. he wanted to research the those natives, right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why would he have known anything about them? I don't point. know, but maybe what tipped him off that something was up was because every time he found an Akini artifact, it was automatically classified and he couldn't get any information about yeah. it. Yeah, that was a bad move. So he calls up his buddy Fisher, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, okay. "Hey, Fisher, um, since I'm now a rogue agent from Seven Thirteen, why don't we meet at this uh, cafe? I got you some pecan pie." <laughs> How many times did these guys have fucking pie together that he remembers? Because he's like, hey, I remember it. It's your favorite one. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, I mean, we all have our favorite kind of pie, right? Mm-hmm. But pecan? Tim, is pecan your favorite? Uh, no, if I had to go with anything, I guess it'd be probably a toss-up between apple or cherry. Now you guys know what my favorite pie is. Oh! Hair? Yes. Mm, you don't Hair get too pie? much of that anymore, do you? Yes. That went out Just a 70s. couple of sex guys. Uh-huh. Mine would be uh, pizza pie. Oh, boy. Uh, you get it? Yeah. I like uh, American Pie starring Tara Reid. Oh, Hell yeah. That's up there with your Discord joke. <laughs> I'm more partial to American Reunion. <laughs> no. <laughs> So Fisher tells him, yeah, that's cool. Uh, by the way, I guess we're doing a count because he says the other three of the 19 vanished as well. But then they're flipping through a photo book oh, and there's four, four pictures. photos. Yes, I had that <laughs> yeah. written down. It's just like, uh, yeah, this guy disappeared, this guy disappeared, this guy. He gets to the fourth and it's just like some broad that he abducted and uh, <laughs> raped. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Uh, not that one. Don't, don't, don't worry about her. 
Okay, this, uh, again, pisses me off very much because it's like uh, they're going over all the guys. Like, you know, yeah, 19 people missing, nothing at all in common, except that they came from the same orphanage. Right. So from an investigation standpoint, everything that matters. Yeah, literally, all, like, there's like one thread. It's a big thing. Yeah, that connects all of them. But, hey, whatever. We're going to go back to the lab. So uh, Slater, he shows up. <laughs> Back at the fucking the, the museum lab where mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tara Reed Bunny, she's scanning stuff. And this, this scene actually got a laugh out of me because he shows up and she's like, oh, my God, it's you. And we find out he was the missing boyfriend. <laughs> right? Dun, dun, dun. right. She gives him a big old hug and then just punches him in his fucking mouth. Uh-huh. Like, not a slap. This is a full on. like. Oh, yeah. She, she really fucking cold cocks him. Closed fist just punches him in his fucking mouth, and I'm like, "All right, hats off to you. That's that's a funny response." And so she's like, "Where the fuck were you for three Wait, months?" I mean, that's a bunny response. Don't do it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So she's like, "Where the fuck were you?" He's like, "Look, bitch, I was down in uh, Chile, and I found this artifact. It took me sixteen weeks." Or whatever. So she uh, grabs the artifact and scans it, and she's like, "Yeah, it's an Abkuni artifact, like all the artifacts in this movie are." Mm-hmm. Uh, why didn't you give me a phone call? Yeah, why not tell her? Like at this point, all is forgiven. Once she sees the artifact, she that's like totally fucking forgets that. Why not tell her? Like she's clearly in on this shit. Yeah, she's, but doesn't he? Go she's so this... knowledgeable of the artifacts. You kind of need her to be in on this because, like. So, isn't his excuse huh. that he was, while he was there, he was with some fucking uh, tribe that was tracking down poachers. Like the Chilean military. And then he got hooked up with, no, not even the the ex-Chilean military. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck are they doing there? <laughs> but that would make it a little bit hard to write a letter. But he's been in town for a while at this point. Yeah. And like, only now is he coming to see her when like she he needs... Because yeah, he needs her to uh, like use her supermarket scanner on the artifact now. But like you said, he knows that he's got two pieces that she wants. Mm. That's and true. She's got two pieces that he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make a trade <laughs> with my just, own girlfriend. Yeah. And just about now, the lights start to dim. I mean, they're always dim in this movie, but yeah. So apparently, there's like a seven-minute-long sex scene between these two. They got oh, cut out. Really? Fucking way. Holy. Really? No, I did. I read an interview of like a guy who did like the initial script for this movie being like totally pissed off about um, Uva Bull, like what he did with it. Um, and he mentioned like Uva Bull adding sex scenes. Like, what? No, he didn't. But now I'm glad to know that he yes, totally he fucking did. did dude. There's like a seven minute sex scene. You know how fucking long that In is? In the museum? Damn. Yes. My in a 90 minute movie. Me in the back if I was seven minutes. <laughs> Tim, you, you would have been dehydrated by by now. I'm huffing and puffing just thinking about it. For real. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, the lights are dimming, and he says, "Yeah, I think I'll uh, guard Rob. He's uh, he's trying to set the mood for us." But no, he's he's on the job, man. He's wandering around the museum. And, okay, this uh, actually can. This is what this confused me on the first time. Mm-hmm. But having a long set sex scene makes sense because there's yes. a part where Rob is with them when uh, Edward first arrives, and he has and to tell him to get the hell out. Get the hell out of here! Yeah, because he's yeah. about to bone his girlfriend. 
Um, but like then, like the very next scene takes place seconds after he's asleep in the guard room. Right. So that we makes have sense. to find yeah. this fucking sex scene because I'm wondering, it's, like, does she use the, the laser pointer on like his dick and like <laughs> scan it into the computer? Then he uses it on her. Hey. It's like, it's like gonna, yeah. We're gonna have to decode this uh, artifact with your pussy. <laughs> hey, look, it fits. Yeah. Oh, we're going to uh, uh, cross the threshold from the world of light to the world of darkness and shove it up your ass. <laughs> I've been in Chile for so long. I haven't been with a woman for a long time. I'm, I'm like a thirsty flower. You got to water me with your pee. He's been, he's been sucked there with the ex-military poaches. Ah, <laughs> uh, gross. So, no, uh, what actually happens is that the guard, Rob, he gets uh, he gets a little tail job. He gets... Mm-hmm. And we don't really so, see so this later, uh, on. later Why is he the only security guard working? Why doesn't he call anybody as soon as the lights go off? He Why keeps masturbating he in front of the other guards. They left. Uh, well, because you, oh, he's wait, hold dumb. on a second. Hold on a second. Wait, back to the sex scene. He yeah. fell asleep in front of the fucking TV monitors when we, cu- when we cut to him. He's sleeping. In- he They're- was watching them fucking bang, and he jerked himself off to sleep. Uh, <laughs> that makes so much sense. So, yeah, no, he's Tweedledum, though. Tweedledee is the delivery guy that he just insulted. So those two, that's our last line of defense because, yeah, he, he guard Rob just gets one of the, um, we'll find out they're called Xenos. That doesn't come from any other fiction. No, absolutely A Zeno? Because it's spelled with a Z. Z-E-N-O. Yes. Totally different. Yeah, it sticks like a weird tail dick through him that's got a <laughs> mouth at the end of it mm-hmm. and kills him. So what now, go. now uh, we've we have uh, post coital woke up, and we're gonna wander around because we're like, hey, where where did Rob go to? You know, our best friend Rob. Our best friend, yeah, because after all that sex, the first thing you think about is the security guard. Yeah, <laughs> you just wake up and you're like, oh shit, you're still here to to the, to Bunny Lebowski, and then it's like, all right, well, I'm gonna go find Rob. We're gonna go like play cards or something. Where is he, <laughs> by the way? I'm gonna have him rewind the tape. Yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to watch it together, and, and he's going to give me commentary. <laughs> like, oh, look, you were looking up at the camera. You gave me a thumbs up. That's pretty cool. He's, no. like, flex, he's like flexing at the camera like a Christian Bale during his sex scenes in American Psycho. Well, remember, oh, they were originally that's right. he going to Christian Bale. Bale. There you right. go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, instead, what actually happens is there's a, uh, we see the monster, and, and uh, there's a chase scene with a bunch of more glass shattering. Yeah, and the monster keeps like phasing in and phasing out of like invisibility, right? Yeah, that's kind of. Do cool. they do? Do they even do that later on? Though no, they don't do it anymore. Right. And you would think, if anything, like stay invisible and just kill the motherfucker. There's no reason that the thing has to stop being invisible. No, right? Not not to mention we we also don't see the weird tail mouth thing later. Like, oh, whatever. Maybe it's a yeah, different yeah, time. That's right. That's the only time you see it. Yeah, the rest of the deaths are all like pretty boring. Like, there's a maybe couple that one's the queen. Good ones. Ah, uh, there you go. Could be. But, uh, well, no, what we do get is we get three uh, agents of the 713 repelling in and shattering more glass from the ceiling. And then after they repel in, we cut to the helicopters above. Now, yeah, I have that written down. Three people come in, but outside there's two helicopters and a hundred other fucking soldiers, but they only send three people in. Yeah. But if you're cutting this, show the helicopters fly over, then show them repel. Yep. Right. But this is editing mastery compared to like the next time these guys show up. So let's just savor it while we can. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're uh we're wandering around a little bit more and and now now we get Dorf shows up. Yeah. And he's on the job. It's it's Dorf gone shooting. You've seen <laughs> Dorf goes golfing. Yeah, every time I wrote down Dorf, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Tim Conway. <laughs> yeah, this is Dorf goes shooting because now we've just got like one of the better shooting up things. Oh, no, see, I think movie. there's a major problem with this because those, that's what I said before. There are three guys shooting their fucking guns and the mm-hmm. overhead shot goes to a crisscross of bullets firing. Yes. <laughs> No, these guys are not exactly crack shots. Um, are these the like bullets I said, wanted? They can curve and start fucking <laughs> coming in from the left and right? Right. No. Um, it's so weird. We can see each individual bullet from a machine gun. It's odd. Um, and they're nowhere. This is like some stormtrooper-ass shit. They're nowhere near their fucking targets. They're all over the place. Yeah, if and they have one target a tracer, time. it should be easy to shoot a fucking seven-foot monster. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think. But no, not so much. So one of the uh, monsters uh, scuffs Bunny's arm. I thought this would be a thing. Like she would be kind of, uh, yeah. kind of zombie style. Like I agree. I thought something she was would turn into to a monster, but no. Okay, there are multiple scenes in this where you get the impression that maybe there's more about her. Nah, no, no. What are you talking about? Well, no, because you've got the the scuff on the arm, and then they take her away, uh, and they're like, "Ah, we're we're going to investigate her," and then. Spoiler alert, we find out 713's in on it. Like, mm-hmm. it would make sense that she ends up being some sort of a Manchurian candidate herself. She's too dumb. Yeah, she's perfect. She's a blank slate. <laughs> oh, she's a go. useful idiot. Yeah. Right. Terror like is every... the ultimate life form. Yeah, she's like every Trump voter. <laughs> so... <laughs> Who hopefully right now are all crying at home. Yeah, yeah, they all are. Well, they generally do, though. Yep, you guys, by the way, you fuckers lost by uh, 10 electoral votes and 15% of the popular election. <laughs> so uh, go eat a dick, enjoy your life. And either way, I win. Because if Biden gets elected, I win because I get to tell you I told you so. And if Trump gets elected, I win because I make enough money that he's going to cut my taxes and fuck <laughs> all of you poor people. There you go. <laughs> so win-win. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Bunny, uh, after she gets kind of like, uh, you know, patched up, uh, we see old uh, Slater-Dorf standoff, finally. Oh, this yeah. is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. And Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. And it's the, uh, the I'm going to push you a little bit and pickpocket you scene we saw before. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This is it's just one, it's a signature move. It's it really is his signature move. It's actually how he first hooked up with Bunny. Um, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he, he did bumped that into her and took her virginity. He took her underwear off. Yeah, he bumped <laughs> bumped into her and she's like, "I think I was just fucked." And he's <laughs> like, "Yep, <laughs> see ya." Slicked his hair back. Oh, I promise, next time I'll take at least seven minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, you see how many uh, buckles there are on my weird duster I'm wearing. That's yeah, how many minutes. What the fuck is up? How the hell does he close that fucking coat? That his coat is it's too clean and too like it looks like a it looks like I know it's a prop, but it looks like a prop because it's too clean. It's not like worn. It doesn't have character. He's like he's not like Columbo or some shit where like, you know, it feels like a piece of him. It just it's just a shitty piece of costume that he's got on. It's like something you could get from fucking Spirit Halloween. 
it's Neo from the Matrix, right? Where it was fucking <laughs> bad CGI. You couldn't see any wrinkles in it. Like, it yeah. was terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he uh, steals old Dorf's uh, ID badge. And this is going to come up later, right? Mm-hmm. The bunny comes marching over to the museum and tells Dorf, like, look, guys, I'm going to go back in my office and get my shit. Yeah, he's like, uh, hold on, you can't go anywhere. We're on a level five security lockdown. But I need like, my stuff. Yeah, okay, bitch. go ahead. All right, well, what? Oh, and God. again, more evidence that maybe she's a sleeper agent. We'll see. Because why would they let her pass? That would make no sense. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh-huh. None at all. Now we're cutting back to the lab and, and uh, Fisher, our boy from before, he's dissecting a dude, uh, <laughs> doing like a rib spreader move on his back. Yeah, on his, yeah I, I like it. I, like, I love these moments of practical effects where we just like go straight into a guy's spine. It's great. So I'll say, th- this is one thing I will say, having watched Uva Bull's stuff, when it comes to practical effect things, mm-hmm. he's very good. No, we get it so little in this film, but every time it, it's here, I love it. Like the one later on, you know what I mean? Oh that yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, I, and I go rewatch House of the Dead. Like the 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 head explosions, some of the squib work, and then the end, like smashing the the Spanish dude's head under the fucking foot. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, you at least so got to give the guy credit for you know in the two thousands in a time when CGI. And horror movies and just movies in general was just like so ubiquitous. The and fact not that he, looking too good. Exactly. The fact that he actually had some practical effects in there, that that is something to appreciate. Yeah, and my again, wife, when I was doing the second watch, she actually she saw that point. She's like, Oh, that's actually not bad. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised, especially like at the point in the movie where we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we're cutting open uh the back of this dude and it's apparently bald guy who was Agent Pinkerton. Oh, Everybody, wow. fuck wow. the Pinkertons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weren't they just in the news lately too? <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> been, a, uh, been a lot going the, on. I missed that cycle. Oh God. So the Pinkertons originally, this is kind of a pun. They were they were uh, hired to be strike breakers and union busters, and eventually became the police in America. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. Uh, so Agent Pinkerton, he's the guy that our hero killed with the little pike through the back at the fish market the his, spear not the fish yeah with his dumb little sunglasses and his stupid like skin head he did look like a dumb fucking cop it's just the most generic idea of what a hitman looks like you know <laughs> but i could also see him like as a dumpy old cop if they put him in like a uniform yeah no, so how about this those, he looks like he's got most the, he's got... white guy's twitter profile picture I literally was going to say that. Yeah. It's taken yeah. from inside of your Ford F-150 yep. Super yeah. Cab. Yeah. Like, from too low down, so your face looks all fucking bloated. Uh, yeah, it's like, he's got the goatee, he's got the tiny sunglasses. Yep. Really into Godsmack still. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, he's a total new metal dude. So Fisher's like, all right, well, he's X-713. Uh, but he's so classified, I don't even have his info, but I do know your fingerprints are all over him. And by the way, when we spread his spine open, there's a weird bug on his spine. And it's yep. pretty cool looking, honestly. It is. At yeah, first like I kind of thought it was a spine, from... but then when you see more details, it's like this gross fucking like uh, 
those giant centipede shits from uh, Naked Lunch. But I see. I was going to say exactly. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, I'm trying to remember what the horror... Oh, you know what it was? It reminds me of is the faculty. The weird uh, uh, things that would get inside of them and then spread over their entire nervous system to control them like puppets. Mm. Oh, oh, wait. Which one of these movies is the hack? The faculty. That one came <laughs> after this one? That was Yeah, yeah. That came after this one. So faculty, okay. you hack. Wow. Somebody's got a vault. So, yeah. And uh, we find out that this bug got severed in half by that pike, and that's what caused this guy to die. But then Doc's scanner starts going off again. There's another (laughs) bug. I love the technology in this movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's just so stupid. It's all like the dumbest shit, like shortcuts to get the plot going again. Like, yeah. And uh, the the bug is in Slater. Who's yeah. never been to a doctor in his entire life and had an x-ray. Nope, right. never. <laughs> no, you He's need cool. a Magic Bureau 713 to see these uh, bugs, though. You need like what that little Star Trek thing. He's it's a special on. x-ray machine. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty special. It works because, um, well, we go back to the museum where Hudgens shows up and he sees the scans of the little piece of the artifact that Slater brought. And he demands, he tells Bonnie, he's like, look, man, I need these scans. But then a 713 security lady shows up and tells Hudgens, you need to get the fuck out of here. Well, Hudgens, he gets indignant. He's like, do you know who the fuck I am? And she's I'm like, the yeah. the evil guy from the opening call. Yeah, why would she be telling him to get out? If anything, he outranks her. No, he doesn't because he's no longer 713. And yeah, they she... say he's like an, an advisor role. Right. Yeah. She tells him, you used to be 713, you're fucking out of here now. Now all you are is an advisor role. I know exactly who you are, bitch. Get out. And he does. He does. So now we're back to scanning Slater again. Like, again, the cutting (laughs) of this. This could have been done in one one go. Right. You do the entire Slater scene, then you cut to the museum with the kicking the girl, or the girl kicking Slater out. What and a, I what, like or, the or x-ray display out. because the doctor is holding the x-ray thing like right in front of Christian Slater's chest. Yeah. But you can see Christian Slater's chest and arms folding and unfolding <laughs> yeah. on the fucking screen. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And he's like, look, man, you got this bug in you, but uh, it's like it's dead or something. And, and Slater is like, oh, Bang. yeah, that totally makes sense. Remember how I lost all of my memories from before I was 10? Well, I remember one thing. When I was a kid, I got electrocuted, and that must have killed the bug, right? I wanted to see that kid get zapped. Come on. Yeah, when did yes. he get electrocuted? That was so good. See, this is, I, was on, I did an episode with Mike Wood from The Grind Bin on Halloween 3, and I will always say, if you kill a child in screen for me, you automatically bump your movie up to at least 7 out of 10. That scene yeah. in Halloween 3 is... One of the all-time greats. When that happens in a movie, you just know that all bits are off and anything can happen. Yes, which is why we're going to be doing shit does happen in that movie. Holy hell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is why we're going to be doing Assault on Precinct 13, speaking of killing a child uh, (laughs) in frame. And, oh, my God. But now they they were too pussy to do that here. So that's cool. Slater's like, yeah, just leave the dead bug in me. It's probably all right. I also love the whole detail of he lost all of his memories from before he was 10. 
10 years of um unreco- of like just a blank slate where like you know anything could have happened something crucial to the plot could have happened in those 10 years that like you know he needs to remember no, uh, no. how does totally. he know how to eat <laughs> yeah how does he know how to walk it's totally pointless that he doesn't have those <laughs> just yeah no uh, so that, that that's cool though because now we uh we cut to Hudgens and he's got a monster in a cage that he's drawing blood from and injecting <laughs> into himself, and I'm just like, what this fuck? is exactly House of the Dead. Yeah. How did he yeah. get that monster into that fucking laboratory? I well, wondered the same thing. Okay, we, we find out that later, that uh, on the periodic table of elements, there are <laughs> oh, a certain right. number There's of metals. Level 36 through 39? Yes, yes. Anything with the atomic weight 36 through 39 can actually... Trap them. Yeah, uh, there you so go. You see that silence? A, he has him in a golden cage. And again, we established their weaknesses, but then our heroes never like. Ex- there's never like a payoff where our heroes exploit it in any way. Except for the bullets. The villain does it off screen. Yeah. Like, do they? Do they get special bullets? Yeah, they do. Remember, Slater gets special. Uh, no, I don't remember. Bullets. How about this? He gets <laughs> a special flashlight. That's it. And wasn't no, that like had basic, a special... the whole weapon in the fucking original game? Ah, uh, okay. He had the a special he had an oil flashlight. Lamp, actually. But it doesn't pay off. So we go back to Fisher again because, you know, or Slater again. Uh, and Fisher and the monsters, he, he, Fisher tells him the monsters are Xenos. Uh, the monsters uh, are, are 713's primary target right now. And apparently light kills them and so do the metals like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. So Fisher says, hey, here's a scanner. Here's a gun. Here's bullets that are made out of sunlight, I guess. Yeah. And not only that, but uh, the mortician and the mort- uh, morgue has a full armory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, well, this guy does a little bit of fucking everything at this place. 713 mm-hmm. must have a budget cut. Sometimes there is a slow day at the morgue, and you need to, like, you know, speed things up. So, you know, you, you use the guns to get some more, you know. And the fucking professor gives him a bullshit thing. He says, sunlight kills them, okay? Yeah. But there are certain frequencies that they are hurt by. Yeah, and the closer the electricity is to the light, the more it hurts them. This never comes up again. No. No, Definitely that's doesn't. why the wait they know because they're able to do something where they knock power out, and he asks him why doesn't the flashlight go out, and he gives him some bullshit excuse about because the batteries are in the yes. flashlight and they're so You're close, right. the power source is so close to what's being used, it doesn't affect it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Because yeah. remember when that comes back when the battery's like really far away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So then Slater leaves, and Dorf, uh, he he calls up Fisher. He's like, hey, Fisher, I'm going to talk to you. It's like, oh, shit, Dorif the bad guy, the other bad guy. Mm-hmm. He tells Fisher, look, man, I know you've been meeting with Slater, and we're going to remove you if you keep meeting with Slater. But uh, Dorif says, we'll let you stay if you give us info on Slater. We, you need, we need your intel. <laughs> What's, what info does the fucking mortician <laughs> armory guy have on him that he can't get? Just right. whatever information he gave Slater, whatever weapons and stuff. Like, that's the only information they don't have at this yeah, point. Yeah, because he leaves immediately after. They could you just do an audit. Oh, we're off. missing 32 bullet, sun bullets. Yeah, because at this point, all Slater does is he goes home, takes a nap. <laughs> that's right. And, uh, and, uh, wait a second. Who, exactly. Are we sure whose apartment this is? 
No, this is his warehouse again. But this is his warehouse apartment. Is this yeah. his or is yeah. this fucking Tara Reed's? Because she has a key. She's got a key. Yeah, you're uh... right. Because it's full of artifacts and shit, and she works at like a museum. So, well, and were, who's were... more likely to put their bed in the middle of a room, a woman or a man? If that was me, I'd have it all the way up in the fucking corner. So when I was drunk, I didn't roll out of the fucking bed. At least I had a fifty-fifty chance of not hitting the floor. <laughs> there you go. It's a very good move, there, sir. Uh, <laughs> so now we know how you live. But no, that's uh, called Irish sleeping. Irish sleeping. So Bunny comes over, and I guess now we go back to Fisher's house. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's reading a book, and his wife yeah, is doing something. There's a knock on the door, and his wife goes to answer it, and then she she vanishes. And uh, oh, uh, Fisher, he goes to to find her. He's like, you know, uh, what are, Mildred? I think that's her name. Mildred, where are you? And he walks around the corner, and she's, like, folded in half on the floor. Doesn't seem very concerned. Yeah, he's like, huh. Well, finally. (laughs) Right. Oh, shit, it's Hudgens, who chokes Fisher out, and then puts one of those cool bug things in his mouth. Uh Uh-huh. So now, clearly, now we've already established, Kristen Slater has said that, like, Fisher is one of the few men he can trust. Yeah. Fisher is now under control of like the bug parasites. Yes. So of course we're gonna have Fisher like you know mislead um, Slater. Now he's gonna be in danger because like the one person who he like is closest with is now possessed. Well, yes, yeah, strategically that's exactly what I would do. Is you find the one connection the person has with Intel from seven thirteen, you manipulate that person so that you can both fuck with seven thirteen and the intel they're getting about Slater and right. Slater and the intel he's getting from seven thirteen. Right. Yes. Sounds no. good to me. Makes way too much sense. No. <laughs> no, we're not. No. He does come back, but it's... Oh, boy. Well, yeah, he, he comes back kamikaze style. <laughs> uh, so now Buddy and Slater are like, hey, our artifact pieces fit together. Wanky, wanky. And they Ooh. just start stuffing them, and we get that cool... And we haven't talked about the soundtrack much. <laughs> no. But this, <laughs> this, like, smooth jazz soundtrack it's so good and old bunny's telling him like look man all the symbols on these artifacts they all match the constellations and this yeah, might be how where did she you're... just pull that shit out of her fucking head she's just like hey let me check and see if the symbols match, match the constellations yeah i don't know she's like let's just yeah, give I don't it think a anybody's shot. that smart because she's just like you know let's see if the computer can do it and she takes out her fucking like goddamn scanner and all laser just... pointer Right, it, the computers yeah. just fucking do everything in this movie. Like the the main characters don't have to um, lift any mental weights or go through any. No. Yeah, yeah. At one point, I think Christian Slater's using his computer, and he has a program that says something like "Ancient Artifact Lift Reader." Dot com. Three point five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three point five. It said. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. You still got the trial version though. <laughs> right. Um, just download the app. So. They scan it and then like, yeah, it matches some constellations. And uh, Bunny is like, look, it's, I mean, it's going to be accurate, but only within like a hundred miles. Yes. Yeah, so hopefully. Civilization. And this maybe is why uh, we're thinking Aztec because it's all constellation based, right? Mm-hmm. Well, luckily it's wherever the center of this shit is. It's right where they are. They don't even have right. to get on an airplane. <laughs> it just like perfectly forms the outline of Argentina, I guess. I don't know where the fuck they are. Because then the map zooms in on the computer and it's like a perfect outline of whatever island they're all on right now. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, I guess that means uh, we used the, the, the app to find a location near us, but for what reason? Well, we'll find out, because then the lights start flickering. And uh, Slater, he whips out his God-killer revolver. And this thing, this the barrel on this revolver that he has, it's some dirty, hairy shit. Oh, yeah, it looks great. It's great, yeah. I think it's a, uh, a 357, like a GP100. It's an awesome gun. With those He's special bullets in it? With it? No, I don't think it has special bullets in it, because those are for the machine gun, remember? Oh, that's right. They can't make it for a revolver. No, no. They only make one model of that bullet. So uh, uh, Slater's walking around, and then he sees his buddy John. And John starts uh, choking Slater out again. And I'm like, damn, all the people getting choked. Yeah, our beloved character John, he betrayed us. Yeah, well, that's okay, because he just shoots John dead. And it's funny, because if what we're led to believe by the ensuing gunfight is that these 19 people, John included, are weirdly superhuman. John mm-hmm. goes down like a bitch. Like they no all problem. go down real easy. Well, not only that, but they're all fucking running bull legged. I guess maybe pun intended on that one. Oh, but, <laughs> but don't you either have to kill them with these special bullets, or somehow or another cut the parasite that's in them in half? Yeah, because the first super powered guy, like he was fucking crazy. Like a shot in the heart didn't fucking do jack shit. To so him. you just yeah. need a fucking shotgun. These guys. These guys are just generic-ass zombies. Like, literally, they got, like, face paint on and everything. Yeah. The first guy just looked like a regular dude. Yeah. He looked like your fucking MAGA uncle. Yeah. These are just, these are walking dead rejects. I don't know. I would think that you just need a regular shotgun, which is going to cut a motherfucker in half, which is going to mm-hmm. cut that parasite right in half. Yeah. Just something to, to fuck that up. But no, we get uh, uh, Slater uh, runs back because all of a sudden one of those Xenos shows up. <laughs> and he gets his uh, light bullet machine gun, and now it's fucking on. The lights are out. There's a bunch of Xenos. Seven thirteen shows up. This is and... some of the worst editing I've seen in my time. No, this yeah. is the best. <laughs> I have written scene... down shoot oh, this montage. This scene is so good because <laughs> come on, oh come on, this is what you come to an Uva Ball movie for. It's flashing. It's shooting. It's dying. No, but hold on. Maybe by his fifth or sixth movie, that's what you'd go for. But at this point, this is his second American movie, so people aren't going in thinking, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to be Mm -hmm. getting. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is his second movie I've seen, and I'm already here. (laughs) So not sure where you missed it. Because we also have a really cool, uh, we've got some sweet like gunplay killing stuff. Uh, we're, We're trying to save people and... And and I guess there's like nine of the uh, one of the seven thirteen reports like oh there's a body count of nine so I guess there's like ten left then uh, uh, we get a dwarf and and Slater they they have kind of a standoff and Slater's like look man you you know I've got one of those bugs in me because you know everything about me now and I know you know that but I'm not one of them and you can tell what's the first thing seven thirteen teaches you. <laughs> The most professional thing that any police officer could ever learn. Trust your instincts, stupid. (laughs) Which, in the year 2020, cops, don't trust your instincts. No, that's the problem. First rule of Bureau 713, do not talk about Bureau 713. (laughs) Don't be a chump. So we hear a big crash, and it's more more, uh, bad guys crashing in. I mm-hmm. guess it's the other nine of the 19. 
And then Slater and Bunny, they kind of sneak off. So then, so these are all like his, his. These are all Slater's childhood friends, basically. Yeah, and they're all <laughs> like, they all just get mowed down, and he doesn't doesn't yeah. even mention anything. Doesn't. Yeah, that's him. right. There's not even one point up. where he's like, "Oh, I know these people. What the fuck?" No, nah. yeah. he's like, "Peace. Me and Bonnie are gonna sneak off. We're out of here. We're on our way to Mexico." Um, Morris, we we might gun- actually already be here. We don't know. We don't know where the fuck we are. <laughs> uh, more sweet gunplay and killing, and then all of a sudden, um, uh. Burke's gonna gonna die, you know. Uh, uh, what's his oh, yeah. Dorf's character? Yeah. And Slater yeah. pulls the gun and bam, he shoots the bad guy from behind him. And he's like, "See, mm-hmm. see what now I did friends. for you. Remember, remember this." <laughs> and then we get a cool uh, fake kung fu fight. Yeah, I wrote down. See, fucking this is demons, why no zombie and no fucking kung fu. This is why it pisses me off because we uh-huh. we clearly we have a choreographer on set. Clearly yeah. we have not just one, but like the one Asian girl. She's been in flicks with like Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Yeah, we have characters who like you know know martial arts. We could have something like cool fight scenes, but we get this one. The rest of it is just. Well, we had the know, cool fight scene with uh, uh, Slater and the bald guy. Yeah, but like from this point yeah. on, it's all um, commandos going around dark corners with their flashlights. Not even yeah, the flashlights no, that do anything. <laughs> from this this moment on it's all dungeon crawling i would mm-hmm. say yeah and there there were a couple of particular ways in which this movie kind of reminded me of the doom movie starring the rock which came out the same year as <laughs> carl urban too. yeah a yeah. little bit yeah because like that movie also had just like people walking around with their guns in the dark walking around corners just generic and... military dudes the movie which exactly. up till this point like it was confusing it was crazy but like this movie had my attention um but now we don't get any more plot. Like from this point on, it's all kind of just what's going on now. Where we're we got our guns, we got our monsters, and we're just hunting them down. Yeah, but not just that, but also Doom also had a lead actress who gave a god awful performance. So that's the other way in which it reminded me. Oh that. come on, Bunny Lebowski's not doing it for you. <laughs> There's one really great line delivery where she's talking about like the artifact. She's like, you know. These look like constellations. The Abkhani uh, used them to search out geographic locations. I put it in the computer. Here is uh, the location. It, yeah, yeah, both of those video games are so different, but then wow. for each of their cinematic adaptations, they just decided, what if we make the movie version just shitty aliens? <laughs> and I'm glad that you cut that audio clip out because the delivery that she gave was wonderful. Oh, no, that was you. Wow. Oh, holy Hannah. Okay. What can I say? So now after all this shit's going on, we get some more killings. There's a good shot of some blood splattering on the lens. Oh, people being Eddie, <laughs> hold on. Wait a second. Do you like that? Huh? When blood splatters on the camera lens? Uh, yeah. You just blood or just in general? See, I hate that shit. That takes me right the fuck out of it. Now, what? Tim, are you talking about blood or just like anything? Like when it's rain too? Uh... Lesser point rain, but really anything like that, but particularly blood. That's just like right there. I know there's a cameraman standing there. That's yeah. it. For me, like, you know, the blood, it's like if it's if it's blood on the camera, it's already a pretty cheesy movie. But I really hate because it's so prevalent. I fucking hate rain on the camera. It's like, I hate that. It's like, what are you doing? Uh, no, for me, it means that there's a lot of action going on. So that's cool. <laughs> so uh, now we, we're cutting back in Dorf and Slater. They made their amends, right? They're all cool now. Oh, and there's a really cool impaling scene, too. 
where they yeah. just like impale one of the bad guys. That's good also. Anytime there's conflict in this movie, it has to be resolved like so quickly, at least like between characters. Like uh, Slater hasn't talked to his girlfriend in forever. And then like suddenly it's cool. It's fine. He brought an artifact like that's like flowers. Yeah. Um, all uh, Slater had to do was kill one zombie. And Burke is now totally on his side. No questions out. Mm-hmm. Done. So basically all we have to deal with now is monsters. There's so little actual like, well, actually, zero. There's zero chemistry between any of the characters in this movie. Yeah, but this is based on yeah. part four of a video game. Yeah. So yeah. you can't really expect much of a story in part four. It's Uva Bull's new nightmare. <laughs> it's And it's so fun, too, because then, like, old uh, uh, Hudgens, uh, Dorf, and, and Fisher, they're, they're uh, like, all right, we're, we're making amends. And and uh, Dorf's like, oh, by the way, I need my ID back. So it's like he knew that he stole the ID. That's that's pretty cool. He's like, we're we're gonna brief you guys up in the air. So now we finally have the team up we've been waiting for this whole movie, mm-hmm. right? The whole crew is Burke together. It's like a will they won't they that just paid off. This is moonlighting, but they fucked. I will, it's, yeah, I it's will rise say that... of the Skywalker. <laughs> All our heroes are finally together. It's um yeah. It's the the chemistry and the tension, sexual and otherwise, between Burke and uh, Slater is much more convincing than uh, <laughs> th- between Slater and Reed. Oh, who cares about Reed? No. No, 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 no. That's not the that's not the pairing we're looking for. Who cares mm-hmm. about that? She's there to to um translate things. We'll find out. Yeah, we want slate on do- on on Dorf. Yes, slate on Dorf action. Uh, so we go to the gold mine. And we we get some exposition. Oh, this gold mine uh, uh, it was shut down when a bunch of miners died, and then seven thirteen investigated it. They said there was nothing paranormal happening here. But by the way, it was also Hudgens and Pinkerton who did the investigation. Now hold on, wait. Hudgens they got rid of because he was experimenting on people, right? Mm-hmm. Pinkerton. They fucking, he died, and they were looking at his dead body. They say he disappeared 20 years ago. Yes, yes, and now we're just like, hey, maybe we should take a second look at this gold mine. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really trust Bureau 713. Like, they're at the heart of this movie, and at the same time, they're kind of a non-presence. Like, I felt like so much of this was inspired by Men in Black with the whole, like, you know, secret arm of the government that deals with um spooky fictional things yeah but like the, uh, the big draw with men in black was like how much world building it did and making this goofy world where like aliens really were living uh like side by side with us mm-hmm. yeah like, we had this secret thing like they were erasing people's memories all the stuff was happening in the background they, they're trying to do that with bureau 713 but like there's such a non-entity in their own movie see i almost it feel... just feels like any regular military branch yeah, because for kind the of. most part, they're outside just waiting for shit to happen when everybody yeah. else is inside either the fucking museum or the, uh, in the beginning of the movie or this part when they're going down the fucking gold mine. There's, mm-hmm. I have written down, there's a hundred fucking guys outside and four guys are going into the fucking <laughs> yeah. mine. Well, that's Alpha Team. <laughs> yeah. The four guys going down into the, into the mine are Alpha Team. The, the, yeah, the uh, 800 say, people yeah, the canaries. outside, they're, they're Bravo Team. So now, for 713 reminds me of like a, they're kind of like a a combination of, I would say, Umbrella Corporation and Blackwater. So it's like, (laughs) it's like we're a private. At least um, less effective than both of them. (laughs) Way less effective than both of them. Unfortunately. 
Yeah, so now we are, uh, we're rigging up a bunch of motion tracking guns that barely track the guy's hand. Uh, yeah, I saw this. I was like, somebody just saw aliens too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We got, uh, uh, we're setting up for the war with the Xenos. Speaking and by of the aliens, way, those motion tracking machine guns never ever move again. They just shoot you straight <laughs> high. Yeah. Right. And uh, we've got more smooth jazz going on, which is cool. And, okay, so I, I guess here's the team up. You've got uh, Christian Slater. He's like the divining rod mm-hmm. that they're following down the tunnel. He tells them where to go. We, we've got a bunch of people who are there to die. Yes. Right? Uh, we've got Bunny. I don't, I'm not really sure why she's here. Uh, that's cool, though. But, and, and then we've got Dorf. He's the muscle. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good party. Like if if you were building a D and D party, this is what you want. Yeah, but Tara can't even heal you. Uh no. I yeah. guess she's like yeah. the mage. She's a white mage with no MP. Yeah. Get her out of there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. So we we go into the mine. We find some runes, and uh, then a dude falls down a pit and gets impaled. That's pretty cool. I like that because it's like it's like a fucking uh, wily coyote fucking trap. It's it really a huge is. sinkhole with spikes at the bottom. And it's again uh, much like we had Spanish uh, pirates in the Pacific Northwest for House of the Dead. We're just down in the caves, uh, uh, leading to One-Eyed Willie's pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Because and it's so me- it's so messed up that they didn't put pirates in this movie because. Alone in the Dark 2, the original sequel, is all about pirates. See, also, there's so a pirate good. in the original game. There's, there's a single pirate ghost in the first game for no reason. So Alone in the Dark has a huge legacy with pirates. We should have got that shit. See, that would have been so good. But no, We even had a boat scene. We don't oh, get that. We missed out. It couldn't have hurt. No, in, instead, instead, what we see is, is we see um, Fisher walking into the room. He's back. Mm-hmm. Where they're firing up the generator so that there's light surrounding, you know. Oh this yeah, whole this gigantic compound. military industrial complex brings one generator with them, and they can't <laughs> yep. even get it going. Nope. No, and their whole they do security get it. system depends on having lights. Right, they do get it going, and no, it's it's a, a Fisher. He grabs a grenade and and he uh, suicide bombs them. So let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hudgens idea was to get someone on the inside in Bureau 713, someone who obviously was privy to more information than him at the time, mm-hmm. was closer to everybody who was working there, and mind control him with the parasite, yeah, and then have him blow up. Like, not even... Like, blow up the generator. <laughs> There's so that... much more he could have done. How did he know yeah. that they were going to have to blow up a generator? Well, yeah, but... Foresight. He's not even... Fisher's not even part of, like, the military yeah. dudes. So, I don't know. I'm well, getting a drink. He does a little bit of everything. He does autopsies. He's the guy in charge of the armory. Yeah, he does he, uh, outside uh, information drops. He also hands off grenades to people who need them, apparently. Uh, kept one for himself. So, and, and I will give them credit with this. Hudgens' plan is don't be in the mine. Surround the perimeter with Xenos. And then when they're all there, just, just fold in on them surround them and ambush them real custer's last stand uh so a bunch of xenos stand up and we have a big ass cgi gun battle alpha team they keep going down the well they're trying to find some shit and they're they're climbing down like a ladder and then for some reason like a stone falls down too i don't think yeah, they I even trigger it. It. trapped 
Yeah, yeah. The idea is that they're trapped and it get they get to the bottom, and uh, then Slater's like, "Hey, you know what? We probably shouldn't be here." So then, <laughs> now, and then Bunny, the Bunny Lebowski finds these runes, right? And she's like, "Hold on, I'm gonna read these because it'll probably give us some information that'll help us going forward, right?" But the runes that Bunny reads say. Once you made it down here alive, you're already dead. That's right. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. What kind of fucking warning is that? How's this going to help anybody? Who put that yeah, here? So this, this is the reason they brought her along, so she could translate I mean, one is that technically thing. a warning even? Yeah, it's kind of be, be, beside... <laughs> yeah. A little late for it to be a warning, really. Yeah, that that's not a that's warning. A gotcha. That's a statement, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a gotcha. It's a gotcha, it sounds like yeah. like something in... In like a haunted house ride. It's like people who come here don't come out alive yeah. or some shit. Yeah, you see Read it at, everywhere. You're in for a scare. You see it at the beginning <laughs> of a haunted <laughs> mansion ride at Disney. <laughs> uh, so now we have some gun, more gunfights. And uh, we have one of the Xenos like jumps on a helicopter and spins it around and busts it. That's pretty cool. That's, that's kind of cool. And I think he takes out the other helicopter too, doesn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty sweet. Then uh, we we're down in the pit now with the dead guy, and there's a bunch of sand on the ground. And here's oh, a yeah. here's a scene that's cool that goes to no, nothing. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> this could have been so freaky. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the ladies that's gonna die, she uh, broke her leg and she's laying there. And then you have all those little like chest, bur- I mean, um, worm <laughs> xenos kind of swarming around under the sand, and one of them comes up like licks her foot. Or, or, right. This this is actually like a boss in the original Silent Hill. Like, there's a part where you're in this dilapidated mall, uh-huh. and like the floor is totally gone. It's just like sand and dirt, and there's this like um giant larva like worm going around, and you got like um and you got to shoot it, and you eventually kill it, and then later on when you like reach the top of the building, it comes back as a moth. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. It's such a great boss. And then Michael Gross shows up. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, then uh, uh, we have that the, they just start shooting at the sand, and it doesn't really do anything. Yeah, because what they have, <laughs> they have to shoot where they're going to be, not where they are. Yeah, it's they have a to good do, point. Like a space Invaders. Yeah, but they they didn't. They, they I guess they never played Space Invaders or Centipede for that matter. No, definitely. Mm. Not. Well, because like when it first hops up, when it first comes out of the uh, sand near the the woman's leg. It looks at them straight in the eye yeah. for like a good three seconds before anyone does anything, and it's already too late because it's already bitter. Yeah, it's like ah oh, shit. Yeah, it bites right yeah. on the uh, the bloody part of a leg already. That, that yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's easier to do because then you don't have to do another wound effect, and and she dies. So then we we cut back up to the big fight that's going on, and there's a really cool arm rip scene that happens. Okay, yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's the, a bit the, too dark. It's such a tell what happened. The fucking guy who got separated from everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the it's so dark you can barely see like because it's, like, it's obvious like a huge part of him got bit off, but like you can't really get a good look at yeah, it. Yeah, for the way it looked it's on my TV, moments. it looked like the guy had like a fucking black leotard suit on, and they just like put like jelly on the outside <laughs> of the suit. With how it, how it, uh, the special effect came off on that makes sense. So. uh and then we go back to Alpha Team, and they keep going down the tunnel, and they find a brick wall. <laughs> and Slater's like, I guess somebody was here before us. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't Duh. form naturally. How are you? So 
they rig up some C4 and blow down the wall. And by C4, I mean the kitchen timer. <laughs> Which they set for eight seconds. Why yes. not set that thing 20 seconds? Because 30. not only do they run away, but they run away and then they start to pull the other fucking guy's body away. Which takes even more time before the thing blows up. Yeah. It's not a really good It's supposed to be here. tension. They're building tension for us, right? I guess. But uh, then, then to build more tension, we just cut to some guy going up and down stairs. And oh, this, this guy, yeah. Shit, Wait, God. are these stairs? It looks like a fucking old-timey roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It takes forever. And the only thing that, that it actually does pay off to is he, he stumbles oh, upon a dead body that's all twitching and shit. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the good mm -hmm. scene. Yes, here we go. Oh, yeah. I and mean, he goes around the corner and there's this fucking, the broad's head's just like split in half. Just, yeah. And like, it's not CG. It's like a, uh, maybe a little bit of touch up CG, but mm -hmm. it's like a very good practical effect. It's very gruesome. It's the best special it's effect awesome. in the whole movie. Absolutely, yeah, it's, it's far and away. It's one of the best parts of the whole. Movie. It makes no fucking yeah. sense. Her head is totally smashed to bits, but she's still twitching. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what's left? Well, the parasite fair, inside of her. Like we used to, my dad and I used to go fishing, and uh, what we, you would do is he would grab the fish and he would bash its head on a rock, and before he put it on the stringer to kill it, and sometimes it wouldn't kill the fish. So what it would do is it would just swim in a circle as fast as it could oh, until it died. Oh. So I think this is maybe what the broad was doing. <laughs> she was doing a fucking shemp from Three Sooges on the fucking floor, just spinning around. <laughs> She's doing a curly who, by the way, died of a, of a uh, heart attack. And they thought that he was just doing one of his bits. <laughs> oh! I read something that some magician did the same fuck. Uh, some, no, not a magician, a comedian in England. Did the same yeah. fucking thing. He did yeah. a bit, and they like they had it on TV you know, like five minutes before they realized he was really dead. Yeah, that shit's dangerous. One time, uh, fucking Henny Youngman said, "Take my wife, please," and some guy actually fucking cucked him. <laughs> Gotta be <laughs> careful when you're a jokey man. By the way, Henny Youngman, "Take my wife, please" is a great joke. It's it's got three words for a setup and one word for a punchline. <laughs> That's incredible. Anyhow, he made an entire and fucking. Not only that, but yeah, it's what the almost a ninety-year-old fucking joke by this point. But all of us know it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you it's, had other comedians hits. try to do like a similar uh, routine, and, and they never got nearly the accolades. Oh no! Like look mm -hmm. at like a a Rodney Dangerfield. He he had a long life and a, an illustrious career. Career. The man never got any respect. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> it was terrible. So hey, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, now then the guy that found half head, he gets slashed to shit, and mm -hmm. it doesn't look nearly as good as half head. So no, rest in peace, half head. By the way, this yeah. wasn't even a character we even fucking knew. Like, no, his sole purpose was to bring us to that scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> and if you want to see more cool, like head practical effect shit, watch House of the Dead. Mm. They they did a lot of this as well. I honestly just might have to. Yeah. So we go back into the uh, the cage area that we just blew up the fucking door, and we find a lab. Oh, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's sore too. We're back to where it all began. That's yes. Saw. Yeah, yeah. And it's Which, all Eddie, dusty. how do you think about that saw move? Well, I would say that the first saw movie is actually good. Mm -hmm. Um, the second one was interesting. It wasn't really a saw movie though, and and then it got rebranded as a saw movie. And yeah, I think what what do you guys think about the first Saw movie? 
I love the first Saw. I remember I was really little, not really little, like maybe fucking like 11 or 12 when I saw it, but it did freak mm-hmm. me out. My my opinions on the sequels, like up until I never saw the new Jigsaw. I didn't. I wasn't gonna yeah. fuck with that. Hell no. But I love all the sequels because it goes on forever, like your classic, like you know, Friday the Thirteenth, right? Um, and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. But like, it never gets to a comedic point. It gets stupider, but they always keep. They're always dead serious, and I love that aspect about it. Yep. <laughs> as stupid as it gets, they play it so super straight. It's just fantastic. I actually like them. What can it- I say? I still need to see the first Saw. What? I've always been curious wow. about it. I've seen Saw 3 like fucking five times. <laughs> I love that one. See, if you want I to know come I back saw it when it first came out. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. No, if you want to come back and do Saw 1, we can do it. Tim, what, what did Let's you think it. of Saw 1? Oh, absolutely. I remember seeing it in the movie theaters and liking it, but I was talking to Mike from the grind bin, because the two of you have been going back and forth whether or not it's a good movie, and he <laughs> did say something that made me think. It's been maybe 20 fucking years since I've seen that movie. So mm. I don't know if it still holds up. But yeah. I will say this. No matter what, it did have one of the best twist endings that you're going to Oh, yes. Oh, it's great. Movie. Wonderful. So anyhow, we'll, we'll, we'll cut yeah. back to this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for editing that out. Nah, it's cool. So nope. we, uh, oh, we cut back to this fucking lab. And we find out, holy shit, that's where they were experimenting on the orphans because we didn't know they were doing that. Right. Again, did we need the crawl at the beginning? No. No. So Dor finds a uh, file and he's like, oh shit, it looks like 713 created this all along and my guys <laughs> yeah. are up there dying. For nothing. Uh, my guys are up there dying for nothing. Like it's, uh, Thank God the so one this- file that's left out in the open tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> So this is the scene where uh, Dorf has his Dorf big flips out. Flips yeah. out. Mm-hmm. His big flip out. This is the, so yeah. There's good. like that one file that says that's just like you know we did it. It's a scam, you sucker. <laughs> you sucker and losers. He got, He's like, God damn it! And he flips the table. Over. You just got dorked. <laughs> he so really d- like he acts this scene for a second. Not well. He does yeah. Not no. <laughs> like <laughs> it's great. Like this was supposed to be the big moment. Like you know the revelation where Dorf flips out and it's just like you know. Oh, I can't believe they fucking did this to me. Yeah, he just goes incredible Hulk on it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's flipping tables and shit. But just ultimately impotent because he doesn't change anything. No. So that's yeah. cool. We find a weird power switch that we hit, and then it opens up a door. And then behind that, there's another door that's made out of yes. like nine <laughs> mirrors, I guess. I don't know what the fuck this door is supposed to be. No. But there's a weird Gearbox uh, game studio logo in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, I bet if we put all of the... And by the way, we've never put all of the artifacts together. We've never established that Slater has all of the artifacts or anything. But that's cool. He's just carrying these priceless artifacts around with him. <laughs> and before, they kind of looked decent because they were like weird collapsible cup looking brass things or maybe they yeah. were they like, like a telescope. They're always in lower lighting, but in this like sterile lab environment, you can uh, see them better. They look no, like old-timey even... cock rings. <laughs> yeah, but it's not even that because when they put them together, they start sticking all these fucking like puffy stickers on them. Uh-huh. And it's like weird colors. Like it looks like there's jelly beans and shit. And I'm like, Yeah, it looks yeah, like fucking right, yeah. somebody stuck a now and later on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not a good prop. But he's like, uh, I guess I should try to put it in the keyhole, which he does. Mm-hmm. And then so, they're like, all right, what now? We're going to open the door. We're going to open the door, right? 
Yeah. But he says, wait a minute. Maybe I shouldn't open the door. Maybe I should trust what the Akabi did, which was to take all these artifacts and scatter them around fucking the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the problem with the Indiana Jones movies, he always gets to the end of the temple or whatever. And then the villain is just like, oh, very, very good. You, you got me here. Yep. And you brought mm-hmm. all of the pieces here. So guess what happens? Didn't the same thing happen in Whitefire? Yeah, it did, sort of. Except that, that he got the villain to fuck his sister. Um, well, that's no. just a bonus. Oh, <laughs> no, that's, so, wait, so we, that's old boy. Oh, <laughs> god damn. So we get to the end, we get to here, he's got the key, he's like, nah, never mind, pulls the key out, and then just then, who the fuck shows up? Ladies and gentlemen, Hudgens. It's the doctor with the gun. Yeah, the doctor who's injecting the blood into him that didn't do anything different, doesn't give him a superpower or anything. No, I think it, I think it made him like be able to command them. Oh, Wait a that's second, a that's what it is. Yeah. Remember that scene where he's like at the top of the hill and yeah, they're all like rushing yeah. behind him? Yeah, because you know like how when you inject that, it heroin... It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> when you yeah. inject heroin, you control all the other junkies around you. Really? <laughs> Hold on a second, guys. I need to go purchase heroin. I'll be right back. Shouldn't take you too long. Nah. Hey guys, it didn't work. I'm just addicted to heroin now. <laughs> so oh, never. Well. That's no, what you so... get for listening to something on a podcast. Yeah. So now Hudgens just shows up and he shoots uh, another cannon fodder character. So now all we have left is Bunny for whatever reason, Slater uh-huh. and Dorf. Um, and Hudgens is like, "Look, man, you you don't even have the whole thing. So give me the whole thing." And then I'll, or else I'll shoot Bunny. And Slater's like, look, nobody else needs to die here. Just give him the whole thing. It's like, wait, why? What the fuck are you talking? If you think this is yeah. going to open the door to the world of darkness and end yeah. existence. Yeah, you just established I was going to say, wouldn't it be nice one time in a movie where somebody's like, hey, you know what? No, fucking kill me. Take yeah, it off hey. my dead body. I don't care. Come over here and suck and it well, out he's, of my he's dick. Not even threaten, he's not even threatening Slater. He's threatening fucking uh, Bunny. Yeah. So it's oh, like, I would, it would be very refreshing to say, you know what? Yeah. She's not worth it if this doorway is going to end humanity. So go ahead and fucking shoot her. Maybe you do you know, know I ghosted her for three fucking months. Like, I don't right. even care about her. <laughs> but no, nah, instead he's like, nah, here you go. Gives it to gives it to Hudgens. Hudgens stuck, sticks the last thing in it. And he's like, you dumb shit. You don't even know how to open the door like I do because I've clearly opened the door before but he didn't so he uh, puts the thing in the door twists it and just then Dorf oh yeah baller ass move pulls out like a, a bowie knife he's got like a knife up his sleeve which oh, is yeah, always yeah, a classy yeah, up move up the sleeve <laughs> I love that. It slides he, it down. How did he have this knife up his? It's a big fucking knife. It's up his sleeve, yeah. though. What happens Pulls if you sneeze out. and you move your hand really quick? You uh, then you're dead. Somebody next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy forgets he's got the knife. He starts fucking whacking off, and he just cuts his hand off. <laughs> if he's lucky. Shit. <laughs> For real. Uh, he could become a castrato, and he's got a singing career ahead of him. But now, instead, he throws this knife. Sticks it right dead into our fucking badass uh, uh, Hudgens, and uh, well, that's game over. Yeah, but, if he... but he does it too late. The guy already opened up the fucking door, and he's like, yeah. and while yeah. he's doing it, the guy has his back turned towards him, and he's doing taking out the fucking knife super slow. Yeah, right. 
Just run up and kick him in his dick. Like, what the? What are you He's doing? a very old man. Right in the taint. Yeah. So now uh, the door opens up, and well, <laughs> this is the big reveal. What do we see? Well, it looks like the uh, the Nether from Minecraft. Yeah. Basically. Same um, amount of polygons. Mixed mixed with uh, what the what Riddick sees on the first uh, uh, Pitch Black movie. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, with the weird right. chimneys yeah. of the things coming out of them. It's yeah. basically it's low, that. It's low-poly Mines of Moria. Y- yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a low-poly Mines of Moria. Uh, and we just see there's a bunch of the, the Xenos just, like, sniffing them, climbing out <laughs> yeah. of things. And this, Yeah, and if you the camera pulls back, so it looks like this thing's, like, what, maybe... Two, three fucking miles deep and a couple miles across, mm-hmm. which I can't mm-hmm. reach. It's huge. So Slater's like, look, let's all just back out of here. Slowly. 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 Like, dude, there's no way that they're going to fucking get to you. Yeah. You don't have to do it slowly so they don't notice you. Get the fuck out. And, and we'll just get out of here. We'll try to figure out how to close the door that we just opened, I guess. Um, or not. Or not? No. I mean, I mean, Dorf does, but like you know, Slater's like fucking well, let's get out of here. But they don't even open the door that that was opened with the key, or close the door. Yeah, they shut the first the lab door. door. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they run out and they're like, "Well, there's another door. Fuck it, and let's just shut that." But Dorf is like, "Nah, I'm gonna drop off my baggie." Mm-hmm. Which have we established the baggie's full of C4? Nope. <laughs> nah. I don't even it remember seeing this bag before. No. No, not at all. They drops it off, and then they're like, all right, guys, we, we got to get the fuck out of here, and we kind of get some scenes of outside where the whole world's ended. All of the uh, troops are dead. <laughs> uh, except for, yeah, except for two two people, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, Re- Dorf survives, doesn't he? Yes, he does. So we, uh... okay, so the whole reason <laughs> that we were going down these tunnels was because their way out was blocked. Yes. Okay. So now it's like, all right, well, we got to go. We're running out. And then just all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hey, there's a ladder. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, Dorf, go ahead and just detonate the thing. And we'll go up the ladder and everybody's cool. Thing doesn't detonate. Too far away. Fucking technology. Right? So then we get, we get the noble Dorf sacrifice. Mm-hmm. He says, you guys go ahead. I'll be fine. He he runs down. They're like, no, don't do it. And he's like, no, I'm going to probably do it. So he runs down and he kills himself to save everybody and and end this movie and seal it up by by detonating the bomb. Okay. Um, How much time has passed since he first threw that bag in and they got to the ladder and he gives his speech about going back and then he goes back? How much time would you say? Conservatively? Yeah. Two hours. All right. <laughs> let's just say, for argument's sake, let's say it's five minutes. All right. Long enough. When he gets there, none of those fucking xenomorphs or whatever the fuck they're called are no, any Zenos. closer to that Don't door. Don't say xenomorphs. Oh, We're going to well, get yeah, sued. Oh, wait a second. We're, We're specifically trying to avoid. Yeah, it's xenos <laughs> with a Z. Thank you very much. The xenos are no closer to that right. doorway. It doesn't look like they're charging at it at all. They are very uninteresting. Yeah, just shut the fucking light off. They're not going to see anything. Yeah, just shut the door, leave the light off. We're all good. But nah, it's okay. He's going to blow it up because that'll make sure nothing can get out, causing a huge explosion. 
knocking a bigger hole in the fucking door. Yeah. So he does. He runs down there, detonates the bomb, quote unquote seals the hole, I guess. Uh, and then, <laughs> so then Bunny and, and Christian Slater, they climb out of like a weird fucking hatch that was under the, or next to the orphanage. Like right on top, like right on That's the orphanage. That's why I said it's Saw 2, right back to where they, everything, everything started. <laughs> yeah, again, it's Saw 2 too. And he's like, oh, it was under here the whole time. Dude, you didn't remember... Like, I, I know you don't remember anything before you were 10. You don't remember, like, when you came to this orphanage as an adult, you're like, ah, oh, that's weird, there's a hatch. <laughs> it looks like a <laughs> like pullout shelter. It looks like an ice machine in front of a 7-Eleven. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> I don't know what the... And it just explodes, belches fire out, which, again... <laughs> This is exactly how House of the Dead ends. Just so you know. <laughs> um, they get out and they're all cool. And then we, we, we cut back to Dorf and he's just like laying on the ground. And he's all right too. He gives us a thumbs up to the camera, you know. Wait, so we know he's Dorf's not dead? all right. No. no, he's somehow not. No, he's all right too. He's because he's a good guy, right? And whatever. So we go back into the orphanage, and, and Claire is dead. And the, oh, you remember the nun? Oh, yeah, hold on. Here's a yeah. problem I have. Uh, I hate in movies, and this is nothing. This shows me that this is a hack fucking movie whenever I see this. Mm -hmm. Somebody's dead, and their eyes are open, and the other person just passes their hand over their <laughs> face, and their eyes close. <laughs> you would have to dig your fingers into their fucking eyelids yeah, pinch them yeah. uh -huh. and pull them fucking down. And that's been so, something that's like from like the fifties that's been in fucking movies. So in in reality, do you know how they do that for funerals? Uh I bet you there's some kind of metal hooks involved or fishing wire. Yeah, right. Yep. There are contacts that they put in that are clear. Yep. That have barbs on them that they stretch the eyelids over. Oh, wow. Ooh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, huh, guys? That's a job, huh? So, yeah, this would not work. I'll tell you, there are, uh, there's one instance where they do it, and then they do a different thing, and it pays off, and that's in Demon Knight, where Breaker does that to a dead body, and then uh, um, Billy Zane's character comes in and opens the eyes back up just to be a dick. <laughs> Classic Billy Zane. And then the second one would be in Glenn Danzig's horror anthology Veronica, oh, where there's on. a woman who has nipples that are eyeballs. That that she dies and she has nipple uh, eyeballs, and and nobody closes the eyeballs for her. Which See, I wish that they I could have taken somebody coming up and cupping her tit to close her eyes. That would have made a little <laughs> bit more sense. Yeah. Speaking of cupping the tits, you should go to the uh, uh, listen to the uh, Uva Bull interview on patreon.com slash bloody bits. He talks about <laughs> some inappropriate boob grabbing and, and how people need to beat the shit out of uh, Weinstein. So good for him. Uh, all right, cool. I got like if 15 minutes into the interview. Yeah. The show, to Weinstein, do this show. I want it to be Bull. He Absolutely. could do the job, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah imagine Weinstein's dead. in his prison cell, the door opens up. Standing yeah, and there, Bull just fucking bowls him over. Yeah. Do you think it was fucking? Ep do you think it was fucking uh, Uva Bull who wound up in ep uh, Epstein's cell that one night? Oh, that like, would have been so good. <laughs> so, Bunny and Slater, they're all wandering around, and we get some narration about well, the price of opening the gate is uh, uh, and closing it again. 
Everybody's it, dead. That it wiped the Abkhani off of the earth. And I guess it's happened again because we're just in that big city and there's no one there. Yeah. So is everybody now considered Abkhani? No. But considered dead. Because if you if you watch it, it, there's actually a little thing that says town after it was evacuated. So maybe they're not dead. Yeah. And then the is that what it says at the end? Yeah. It said evacuate, but then it looked like everyone fucking like uh, like the rapture fucking happened. Well, that's the rapture is a kind of an evacuation, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ultimate. Yeah. Huh? And then the camera zooms up on Slater. Cliffhanger. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, fucking Evil Dead Two, fucking Evil Dead style. It really, yeah, exactly. It's like the spirit of the woods, the Necronomicon, come to life. And ladies and gentlemen, that is alone in the dark. And what did you guys think of the movie? Eh, you know, <laughs> can we have a it moment of silence was. for this movie? It, it was. Film. It was more entertaining in the beginning, but then good for solid first. Not well, not solid, but better first act. Yeah, a more entertaining first act. But, but then when it gets to the point where it's just a bunch of guys with guns looking around dark corners it just becomes too generic and uh, too repetitive yeah yeah tim a very very soft recommend uh okay. i will tim. agree with the brothers the first part of the movie is much much better not saying that it's great but at least it's something that yeah it does kind of hold your attention doesn't make much sense. That's why it's holding your attention, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah, there but, are more action scenes in the first part than there are like later on. Well, they're better action scenes, if yeah. anything. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's not the greatest fucking chase and fight scene that we see in the beginning of the movie, but I'll take that over fucking shooting phosphorus resin bullets that illuminate <laughs> in the fucking dark yeah. any day of the week. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, look. Uh, if uh, if you joined the Bloody Bits Patreon and you had it on the streaming service and you got nothing else to do, why not watch it? I'd watch that over that fucking Danzig movie any day. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd... Uh, I wouldn't recommend it, but I also wouldn't, like, not recommend it. Like, if you're interested, like, no, yeah, it's not going to kill you. Yeah, it's like, hey, look, it's a free country, hopefully, right. when this is out. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever the fuck you want. We'll fucking see. I, w- I would say, like I said with House of the Dead... Get a group of people together, have a little watch party, or after we're no longer dying of the pandemic, have a little party and throw it on in the background. It's really something you can tune in and out of and have a good time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It starts out like the transporter, like stupid level, being run and gun chasing bullshit, and then it ends up like Starship Troopers in a weird <laughs> fucking way. And I would say it's directed more way more competently than house of the dead uh yes i will give you that i was at some of the shots that he was doing with like some crane work and i was like hey you know what this kind of looks like somebody who knows what they're doing yeah if i could take I, I could honestly take a five second clip out of this basically of any action scene and throw it up and you'd be like wow this looks pretty cool like for its time it looks pretty mm-hmm. cool yep um it's something it's definitely different uh (laughs) uh, i I (laughs) can't go like whole hog recommend on it but it's totally worth passing some time with a hundred percent i agree so guys i mean i will say this it's not repelled me so much that i don't want to see the sequel yeah no you guys were just talking before the recording about how you're (sighs) Mm -hmm. absolutely gonna go uh and download the sequel and watch it immediately. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to get it from the deep web, which I assume is the only place you can find it, and I'm (laughs) going to watch this shit. So, guys, what did this movie do right? 
the credits. <laughs> um, I will. I would like to see a um Christian Slater led noir. The parts in the beginning where he's like narrating, it's like this dumbest shit ever. It's like the fucking uh narration cut of Blade Runner, the like original theatrical release. I want to see like a bad like neo noir of Christian Slater, like throughout. Like we're not gonna go commando. We're not gonna bring in the military. He's just gonna seduce some broads, gather some intel, you know, knock some heads. I want to see like the. I am actually sold on it that this would be great. So like, put him back in, like nineteen fifty. Yes, I agree with that because those opening parts where he's doing those like monologues and like telling like you might think I'm an asshole for like talking to that kid that way, like the kid <laughs> in the plane in the beginning. <laughs> those were actually to me. I love that shit. It so, was just uh, so dumb. I want to see a full movie like that. Yeah. Okay, Tim? Uh, it's not the worst. I'm, I'm betting that it's not the worst movie he's done. I'm hoping. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, some of the action is done well. Uh, I'll give him credit that one shot where Christian Slater shoots the two bullets and you see them loading up and coming out of the gun, <laughs> going through the ice yeah. block. I mean, that's something I haven't seen before or mm-hmm. since. Okay. What would you say is the absolute worst scene in this movie? Those seven minutes. I can't. <laughs> I gotta find. I gotta uncover Come those on. sexy. Those that's gotta seven be. Minutes. That's gotta be the worst part. Even though we haven't seen it, yeah. without even seeing it, that has got to be it's, the worst. I part. think I agree with you guys. That whatever because, was cut. Oh, yeah. It's Tara Reid. She's not showing anything, anything. Yeah. And you're not seeing anything, anything with Christian Louis, Slater. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, any of the comedic bits with Louis C. Cop are probably the worst <laughs> for me. I'm so glad like he died early on because sometimes they'll introduce these like throwaway comic relief characters. Like, I hope he dies early on. I really fucking hope. And they stick around yeah. for fucking ever. This guy like gets at... So that's another thing it did, right? It got rid of him before he got too annoying. Yeah. But those few moments he's there, just insufferable. Yeah. Yes, I will uh, agree with you on that. And finally... I'm going to be doing an exit interview with Uva Ball at the end of the month, right? After I've seen all the movies repeatedly, talked with a lot of people about the movies, I'm going to uh, share with him my opinions, and hopefully I'm also going to share with him a question from each of you. So, if you guys could ask Uva Ball one question during that interview, and I'll tell you the, the previous answer was, what thing that you made are you the most proud of? Um, if you could ask Uva Bowl one question, what would it be? That's crazy, because I'm afraid he's going to beat me up. Um, <laughs> he's actually a very nice guy. <laughs> I, I know, like, I if know. You, if you listen to my interview with him, he is great. Ah, uh, shit. And he's really good with, uh, uh, he's got a great waffle recipe. As I was say, the worst thing yeah. that might happen is he might Ooh. ban you from his restaurant. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't want that to happen either, but I would say, like, you know... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Gosh, if you were able to to direct those last three Star Wars, what would you have done with them? Oh, <laughs> oh that's a great question. I'm see the Uva Bowl <laughs> sequel trilogy. Okay. Yeah, Terry. Yeah, me. I couldn't really think of anything, honestly. Like, I have to admit, I'm really bad at thinking of stuff like that. It's like, like I just don't know what I would ask of anyone. Ever in a film industry. <laughs> okay. I want nothing from nobody. No, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, the two of you are a package deal. You have a package exactly. question. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. It might have been exactly. called unfair if you got two questions. 
I'm just gonna piggyback off of Shane's because that's fine. You know, we're yeah. just we're actually just a hive mind. <laughs> oh man. You know, like that twin thing where, like, you know, they share brains. Like that's the same thing with us. Yeah, it's the exactly. the village of the dam, but it's all McCollum's. Just right. Uh, we, we share the the few brain cells we have left. Or share. Hopefully, you don't share the same liver. Oof. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, oh god. Shame. That would be terrible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this entire episode. Is there anything that you want to promote, plug, or uh, maybe tell my listeners they should pay attention to? I don't know, Terry. You got the stuff. I mean, uh, yeah, there's my Bandcamp page, uh, trampire.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. And Trampire is spelled T-R-A-N-P-Y-R. It's just like the same, like, I think seven songs that I have up there to listen to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Definitely go check it out. I've checked it out. It's good music. In fact, uh, when we did the House by the Cemetery episode, I ended yes. it with one of your songs, and it was yeah, wonderful. Right. So. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Don't sue. That's, Tim, that's anything that most proud of. you want to tell people to pay attention to? Uh, I know I'm doing, I think I'm doing another a couple of things on Blair Vember for the Grind Bin. Oh, yeah. Which uh, I'll just take this opportunity to say thanks for the Grind Bin, because without Grind Bin, I never would have been here. And by that thing, also thank you, Candace, who no. inadvertently God got, well, look, it. hey, she put out the feelers for who wanted to play uh, a game of Sea of Thieves. And that's how I got hooked up with her and Daniel. Daniel okay. invited me on his okay. show. Then I went on to the grind bin. Then I met you. Then I'm here. So yeah. it's all connected. All right. And to my beautiful wife, Ipo Mieneyo, Hanamakum, Dangmakum, Saranye, Tresu Hamida, Naga Mitsunam. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll second that. Ooh, that's yeah. going to really scare her when she doesn't see my face, but hears my voice. Oh, yeah. Is she going to think that the, the house is haunted? Maybe. Every once in a while, she'll ask me if there's a ghost. Uh, for the craziest things, stuff yeah. like um, uh, there's too much hair on the floor when she sweeps and we clean the house. Do you think there's yeah. a ghost in the house? I'm like, no, our hair's falling out. We're getting old. Yeah. Make sure you turn the fan off before you go to bed. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Bloody Bits Horror Show. Tune in next week when we discuss Blood Rain again with my co host Tim and Daniel from the Mustachioed Podcastio. Oh, and God, that's going to be a five hour show. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is how I end it. <laughs>